Alright, I'm ready. Oh, well, there we go. I am ready to join the crew again. About <sighs> damn time. Welcome back, yo. It feels <laughs> good. Yo. <sighs> I got two pit bulls laying on me. Got a cold PBR. Fancy pants tonight. Let's <laughs> do it. Let's do this. Let's do it up. Open condom style. Ooh, I danced to that this weekend. I fucking love that song. This weekend. Not like every morning. I was getting out of the show. Well, I should say, I, with 150 of my closest friends, we did a little gongum style. Oh, did you really? Sexy yeah, lady? No idea what you're talking about. Oh, what? seek it out. It's so good. Hey, so good. sexy lady. I, got a, I have a friend dude, who looks exactly that like that dude. Dude, it's I listen to good music, which the forum agrees with. Yeah, the forum, one person. Oh, no, it was like way more than one person. Oh, Jesus. One person. It was the guy with the one tooth, right? Vince, there's and, a, uh, a Gong of Style on no, Mitt Romney. I just going to say hilarious. It is. And he's fucking driving away with the dog carrier on the so car. So funny, dude. Romney style. Open Gong oh, style. Boy, it was, it was so good to see Obama wrap up the election last night. By the way, can someone please beat me over the head that they're making a fucking Sherlock Holmes show with fucking Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock Holmes and yeah. Lucy Liu yep. as well. You didn't know about this? This is like a I problem. I did know about it, but I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble accepting <laughs> this reality. It's not going to be a boss. Number one, stop talking over each other. We, I love to hear either each of your voices individually because they're so beautiful. Aren't we supposed to be recording? We are, we are. So much time waiting for Jason to get out of his system before he don't, doesn't all tromp all over me in do the it. beginning. Do it. What are you talking about, dude? I can't believe it. You're such a liar. Three, two, one. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, <laughs> what's this shit going? <laughs> God. <sighs> but condom style. Three sexy events. Look at dance with the little ass. I love it. They're still playing that all the way to Chicago. Uh, oh, I yeah, can't. I, I watched it like terrible. 15 times at work today. I'm telling you, that <sighs> ginger, <sighs> that ginger chick he's got dancing with him. Oh my god! <laughs> no idea. I'm actually, I'm just proud of myself that I've been able to to get through my life without hearing this "Call Me Maybe" song. Oh, that's a good song. It's not bad. So are you a communist? You didn't watch the Olympics at all? <laughs> Here we go. And I back don't back up the bus. Socialist. Yes. Three, two, one. Yeah, so. Uh, that's not something. Good one. Yeah. Three. Three, two, one. Eleven o'clock comics episode three hundred. No. I didn't you know what I was doing? I was trying to check if, to see if we were downloading correctly before I and that's why I got screwed up. <clears throat> read it. Read E eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred and Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we don't run into it. No, no, we're, we're treading water right now. Excellent music. 
I heard it and I said, you know what? There's no friggin' way I'm not putting this on the front of the episode. It's just impossible. Well, you can't it's have a, 480 a, million hits and not, you know, spawn. It, yeah, it's really crazy. 480. It's a, it's a, it's a meme. Or is a meme? A is that meme? what they call meme? Did you say meme? No, yeah, it's, meme. it's. How it's, old it's, are you? Meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme meme. No, it's. Teach you about these internets? It's more a phenom than it is a meme. It's a. It's a, a, a system of tubes and no, it's, that's, yeah, that's like like Vince said. It's more it's, it's more of a phenomenon. He's talking about mimetic tubes. No, that's it. <laughs> the the binders. <laughs> God, the the fucking the fucking Clinton. Tell me about these binders of women. And it's so awesome. Are so fucking hilarious. I'm just like binders of women. Tell me about these. They're what do you oh, mean? So oh, that's that thing they're talking about. Romney has like. Clip, clippings yeah. and stuff of, of women conquests. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Whenever he whenever he goes home and puts on his smoking jacket and puts on his slippers, he goes through binders of women. All right, who that's right after he puts the right, the right after he puts the beeve to bed. Hmm? Someone has a mouse squeaking up against their microphone. Not I'm sorry. Me. I've got no. I've got a. I've got a. I've got a. 40 pound pit bull in my lap that mm. and one and a and a 35 pound three-legged one that is um jealous right next to her hey so, chris yeah rob c vila says who in history would you like to add to your drink roll call and do you have a name for your curling broom um uh, <laughs> who in history would i like to add okay so um uh, yeah uh yeah no um i was thinking it, it would have been cool to have like booker no um, but he would have been drinking bourbon. Um, is that Dr. No's son? No, uh, Booker No is, uh, Jim Beam's grandson. Ah. Uh, it's a drink roll call. Um, who would I think would be fun to add to the drink roll call? Um, Fritz Maytag? <laughs> what? So You're crazy, dude. <laughs> you are messed up. What? You are fucking... <laughs> What? What's crazy about that? He started. You just Anchor love you. He's and, one and, of the he's, he's one of the first American craft brewers. He's and do Anchor you Steve. have a name for your broom? No. Well, you should get on that. You should call, no. it, call it like Sweepy. That, yeah. No, that's kind of that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. On. No, that's weird. Even though I tell you, I am I am switching to a broom delivery this year. Um, I'm not using a stabilizer anymore. So I'm using. Um, I'm coming out of the hack with a broom instead of a instead of a, a PVC stabilizer. It's a big change for me, but uh, but uh, practicing uh, twice in the last couple of days and uh, dude, I think it's going to be good. I think that I'm, I'm going to be all right. That wine is not good. God, whatever it is, Georgia. Okay, Rory, off. off. There we go. Hey everybody, look at this. There you go. There 11 o'clock comics episode 235. I am Vince B. Once again, we're live tweeting this thing. So if you're on, you will I'm be. I'm tweeting. 
Yep. I thought you guys just did that whenever I wasn't here. No, no we're doing it now again, just to continue the streak because it's right. fun. It's fun. All right, I got the. Now that I got the internet's working. Yep. For those memes. And I am Vince B. Yes, you are. Still. Right. And uh, is it? Wait, is this our first episode back together, Vince? I think have it, we, no. Have we, have we no? Have we reconciled? I don't know. I don't know. You're going through counseling right now. Yeah. Okay. It's family family counseling. But, but we but still... and I might be applying for emancipation. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I, cook, I cook for you guys. I clean. I got more room. I wish yeah, read comic books. <laughs> I'm the cool parent. We're going to Six Flags oh, next yeah. week. <laughs> I'm the cool parent. Mimi? What's a Mimi, <laughs> Mimi Mama? <laughs> Go ahead. Who, who's up? Come on. Keep it rolling. Chris is up. Didn't he say? He did. I'm David Price. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, and yeah. in six months, I'll be ready to do this because I'm J.J. McClure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are eager. Wow. <laughs> Really is. You are I, not Double J. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And once again, yeah. as usual, this episode of this this episode of eleven o'clock comics has been sponsored by the discount comic book service, DCBService.com, where you can get these following books and many more at huge, exceptionally deep discounts. Change number one, right? From image. Uh, Alice Cott wrote it. I hope I pronounced that right because he's an awesome writer. And if you look at the image solicits of the upcoming books, they're throwing a lot of work this guy's way because he's good. He wrote, um, Wild Children. He wrote this change number one, uh, $2.99 cover price. You can get it for a buck 49. That's half off for your mathematicians out there. At Avatar, Caligula, Heart of Rome number one. David Lapham's doing it. German Noble's drawing it. Six issue miniseries, first issue three ninety nine, no way, buck ninety nine. Again, fifty percent off. And at IDW, who really better give time Neely a whole lot more work because the guy's fantastic. You can get Hollows number one by the big dude at IDW, Chris Real, and Sam Keith's drawn it. Wow, yeah, really? that's that's Sam Keith. Yep. Three ninety nine cover, fifty percent off again, buck ninety nine. And if you are a first time DCBS customer, you can get even more discounts, eight percent more by entering the code, this following code that you're going to hear into the slot. David, what's that code? E O C eight. E O C eight. Very simple. Type that in the slot, hit enter, you get an extra eight percent off your already massively discounted order. They are the best. DC with oh. Wow. I just want to add, since you got your December previews out, because Mr. Gabe Hardman and his lovely wife, Karina, were talking about in the December Dark Horse Presents, issue 19 will be the first part of a three-part story called Station to Station. Oh, somebody's a Bowie fan. Cool. And it is. It's San Francisco, present-day San Francisco. Uh, under assault by giant monsters, and uh, good things will not happen to San oh, Francisco. Oh, didn't we see story. preview art from that? Yes, we did. We, yes, yeah. so it has been. It has been officially solicited. I told Gabe that I would be, I would mention it, especially during the intro when you talk about the DCBS stuff. So I don't nice. know what the discount is, but I'm throwing it out there. Make sure you check it out. Three issues. I don't know if you know if they're getting the cover for one of the three parts, but either way. Gabe, Karina, working on a story together again, so nice. do it. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, um, well, if it's Dark Horse, check, chances are good that it's at least 35 probably 40% off. 
Yeah. Uh, also, a little bit later in the show, um, we're going to be hearing from uh, B. Claymore, and he's going to tell you all about uh, JSA, the Liberty Files, uh, and the Adventures of the Whistling Skull, which is in previews now. So look at check that, that out we are, as well. We are timely. Yes, we are here. Wait, Isn't so that Sam Wade's kind of in this previews? It should be in the December. It should be in the. Previews for the book shipping in December or cover date September, December. So yeah, Gabriel said it, it. It's in yeah. Dark Horse presents number nineteen. Oh, it's in DHP. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. It, okay. Well, it'll probably be collected DHP, then. I know. I know. It'll probably be most likely it'll be collected after the three parts are done. But yeah, okay. at least for that. Got it. Okay. Sweetness. Cool. Ah, David Foss doesn't have a question for us, but he just has mad love. Of course he we, does. We do that. We knew. Yeah. Yeah. You can do better than that, Faust. What are we drinking? Oh, that's right. What are I am sorry, I'm rusty. Um rusty uh, Jason, Jason, since you <laughs> Hey. <laughs> what? He knows what? that though. Sorry, I'm just trying to know, doesn't know me, me, but he knows. Yeah, to... <laughs> rusty trombone. Christopher, I got a surprise for you, so ask me first. Oh, Vince, yeah, he asked me first. What are you but... drinking tonight? Well, you know what? Since you guys have a habit of drinking the same shit every single week, you know, I thought I'd mix <laughs> oh, it up a little bit. Oh, oh, excuse me? I thought I'd mix it up, and I am oh. drinking Yingling, oh, nice. but, 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 hang on, Oktoberfest with a K. Oh, Oktoberfest? Yes, and it's very good. It's it's a lot more than the regular Yingling, I will say. A case of Yinglings may be like, what, Jason, like 19, 18, 19 bucks? I have no case. idea, buddy. The, the uh, Oktoberfest was 28, I'm, so I'm stepping up big time. Beer. Nice. Wow. I am a fan of the Oktoberfest, so I'm very proud of you. I must it's admit, Vince, I, uh, it's, it's maybe uh, says something subconsciously about me, but I could not tell you the price of almost anything that I buy. I know. Yes, like milk and, yeah, I know. It's, well, apparently that's how we got into the whole Diet Dr. Pepper problems. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Once I sort of th- no, that I was acutely acutely aware of the price. But like, if I go grocery <laughs> shopping, like to pick up stuff, I never ever ever look or notice the price. That's what happens when you got the deep pockets, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like all right. so, so, Jason, is it is it Dom Mimosas tonight? Yeah, see you there. No, no, it's not a Dom Mimosa type of type of night. It's uh, it's a, it's actually a Miller Lite type of night. Wow. Right. Really. Okay. Yep, I had a, a bunch of cans from a, from a, a thirty pack I'd bought to bring to a friend's house, and they're sitting in my fridge. So I figured it's now or never, you know. Nice. Yeah, we've got. We're gonna have a common theme. Uh, I tell you, what, I'll go next. Uh, then on that, uh, that account, because we had a, a big party here on Saturday, which is a big reason why I wasn't here last week because we were preparing. Days to get ready. Yeah, we, well, it's it's curling season and softball season and lots of other shit going on. So. We had to, we had to, um, spread the, the work out. And, uh, uh, part of that work was buying a lot of, uh, cheap beer for the party. So, uh, I have about three cases of beer left over from this party. So I'm, uh, I'm double fisting, uh, a couple PBRs tonight. Nice. Yeah. Were and, uh, Salazar at your party? No. He's oh. <laughs> just like, no. No, it was my wife's softball team. Oh, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was like me and so like Mercators and Sal at the party. No, <laughs> it was just like me and twenty-five women. It was awesome. Not a one of them had a bit of interest in me. 
<laughs> yeah. Self-deprecating humor is always funny. <laughs> no, that's just the truth, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you never know. So, hey, David, I'm checking you out. Uh, I, um, it's I, 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 I bought some new, uh, some new, 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 new glasses, new, um, new drinkware, and I, um, I, oh. I've been dying for some decent, um, uh, drinking glasses, and and now I have them. So I'm breaking one in tonight with Maker's Forty Six. Dang! Look at you. Oh, play. there you go. Nice. Very cool. Respect. Razzle dazzle. Hey, I almost did drink tonight because I was in L.A. for oh yeah four days and boozing it ridiculously for a nonstop for four days. But uh, by the way, people, Ray Liotta says what's up. He likes to he listens to the show. There you go. It's like Ray. Uh, Joe Montana says he's going to start listening to the show. <laughs> so, you're silly. Uh, I have a thank you. <gasps> I know. I feel like Vince and shit. Um, and this is from uh, a couple weeks ago, and so I felt terrible about missing last week because I was not able to thank uh, our buddy Max from CheapGraphicNovels.com. Yep. Um, I got this. Got this box in the mail, and uh, this note said. Hey, Chris, I heard you regretting not getting uh, these on this week's show, so I decided to send them along to you. You guys provide me hours of free entertainment every month, so it's my pleasure the to send fuck? these to you personally. It's a small way of repaying you. So, I it's am. It's like you're in charge? What is this shit? I know, it's like Star Wars sending the entire Honest to God. Account. Oh, like, what'd you get? You better not have gotten anything good. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe it's just because I'm the nice one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, have you baffled yeah. it with bullshit. Vince, <laughs> Bizarro, Chris if, M. Knights. If you would know how to, like, maybe bring a little positivity to the show, <laughs> maybe you would get nice things. I swear too. I just pooped my pants. Honest to God. <laughs> Max is the fucking bomb because first he of all is. he's the guy that took care of david and i with our daredevil uh, uh artist editions whenever uh whenever mine got all dinged up and he was great about about getting a, a replacement copy and then and then david ordered from them as well and and they took care of him um max sent me the first two dc archives of sergeant rock Oh, nice! Nice, dude. Isn't that awesome. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not jealous now because I got that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I know. I know you have it, but you know that, those are the ones I'm just like, oh man, I I really should have ordered those, but I was like, you know, five Doom Patrol archives were enough. Um, even though Max, you you almost got me in trouble. Thank God that you put that note in there because I I got the the sideways glance and the what the fuck are you ordering now look from Marta. I was mm. like, they're gifts, they're presents. She's like, yeah, right. I've heard that one before. I was like, no, look, here's a letter. So so the letter saved me. Good. So thank you, Max. It was awesome. It's some good reading there. Uh, you guys will have uh the couple. Well, you will you will have. I'm putting you'll be thanking, Cuba in the show notes. There you go. You'll be thanking uh. Mr. Mahmoud Asrar, uh, when I see you next, hopefully before April, uh, the uh, he gave each of you his uh, his latest sketchbook. Oh, when I no, saw I, that, that covers yeah. awesome. Oh, dude. Shout out to Mahmoud. No, yes. that covers awesome. Thank you. He's great. He's such a good guy. Hey, David, did you get a chance to like talk to him? How's he enjoying fatherhood and all that? Is it going well? Oh, it is. Yeah the uh, the, the family stayed home. They're visiting uh, his in laws uh, okay. while while he was here. So this way, and because. His schedule was kind of crazy. He, um, Yildere, I think he got in maybe I think Tuesday 
and, and Mahmoud showed up, I think, sometime Wednesday. So, um, his, uh, his table mate was, was living it up tourist style in, uh, in New York City, taking pictures everywhere and, um, Ungon style. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, Mahmoud knew he was going to be a little busy. I guess he had, there was commissions and, and, uh, of course there was the slam in DC party on, on the Friday night. And, and so he wasn't going to be able to spend as much time with his wife, with, with, with Adam. So they, uh, so they stayed back home and he, uh, he flew out here solo style. And then, uh, he, um, but no, everybody, everybody is good. I mean, I'll, 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 I can run through my day at New York if I would. If yeah, hey, to now. please do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't be the only one to do like these silly convention <laughs> reports. Oh, it was just, it was just the Saturday. I, um, you picked the wrong day to just go, right? Well, no, that's, that's, well, yeah, I mean, and, and, well, it depends. I, I had a really good time. Um, but if you were, no, if you, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't because you guys weren't there. I had as good oh, as isn't that nice? You guys, but I I got into the city, walked my way down to Javits, went into the only Starbucks that was on that side of the street on my way to the convention center, and these fuckers were out of soy. I was so pissed. I was like, I, I've been waiting to get a goddamn coffee. How one dare time. they? There goes the day. Oh, and <laughs> I, I, I can only hope it goes up. I mean, there's only what convention ruined. Seventy three like, other Starbucks in the area that would get a fucking soy from around the corner. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the entire to... island of Manhattan. <laughs> I uh, it was. I appreciate the way Reed had things set up from even even before you got to the convention center you, you, you're you across the street and there's dudes out there with, with, with bullhorns and telling you where to you know which corner to walk towards and um, cool. this was apparently providing you already had your badge so mm-hmm. I didn't yet and and I'm 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 walking through with with the herd with with with, with this massive humanity walking into the building and whereas before You'd be able to walk into the Javits Center lobby and then go up to one of the booths. As soon as you walk into the door, there's security there to, to, to check your bags, to check your weapons. And, and if they don't see you with a badge, you got to turn around and walk out. So I turn around, walk out. I get involved with another mass of folks, and I end up just kind of making my way into the building. So now I'm inside, still don't have my badge. I'm just trying to find where I can get to the press area to pick up my badge and... um because it's up and and over on the other side of the building. Finally make it over there. On my way towards Artist Alley, I get in the, um, I go into the show floor over by the uh the video games and, and um the toy manufacturers before I'm even near the dealers. And it was like Jason alluded to, it was it was insane. It was just you could not I mean there are pictures on on um on blogs, on Instagram of, of of the four days, the three and a half days, and it was, it was just, there were so many people there, and it's gotten bigger. The, the, the convention what, has What gotten- was the layout like? Because I heard a lot, or saw a lot of tweets I from artists, that, that Artist Alley was, that there were like two different Artist Alleys, or something the weird? The show floor, I guess also, yeah, the show floor with, with, the video games, the action figures, the dealers, the art dealers, the comic dealers, the podcasters were, were I think, on on the others. What the hell? 
you go down the escalator, not not where we used, not where we picked up our press pass last year, where they have the panel screenings or or, or the interview rooms, but the the main floor of the Javits Center when you first walk in, if you go all the way to your right, that's where Artist Alley was. It was kind of like in a hangar. And it was, you had windows, it was well lit, it was laid out nice, the, the aisles were nice and wide, whereas back on the show floor, they seemed to be getting more narrow. Um, the main floor, if you were there to look for art, if you were there to look for back issues, or to, to, to go to the DC or the Marvel booth to get signatures, you were a fool. There was that, there was nothing, you, you could not move, you could not turn around, you could not, the, the, I had, we had more space, between our beds last year at that Continental Hotel, get out of here. <laughs> was wow. was crazy tight on that show floor. So as soon as I was able to sneak out of there, made my way to Artist Alley. That's where I camped out the entire day. And I mean, I think it's and I know you know even Ron said you know you picked a great day. You had to come Saturday, and 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 I did because of how the rest of my week leading up to the weekend went. But it was the only day I could go. But as far as me just spending time in Artist Alley. I couldn't be happier. It was I, I was there early enough where I made it down to Artist Alley and just hung out there. I didn't have to go back outside. And I stayed there for pretty much six or so hours. The only time I left Artist Alley was when um Tony Fleece and I went outside to uh grab a um grab a hot dog. And oh, and that was nice. Yeah. So I mean, and he was uh, Tony. I mean, basically, I show up, I walk down one aisle, I see Mahmoud and Yildiray. I talk to them for a few minutes, um, and then uh, I go up the other aisle. That's where I see Tony Flea. So we're chit chatting for a bit. Um, tells me I can leave my bag at his table, and um, and after I, I've never t- met him, and he always sounds he, like a great guy. He, he really is. Um, we 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 talked cartoons. We talked. Everything. He, I mean, he he really does love the show, and uh, I mean, he cool. looks like you're a little sweet on him. I really, uh-huh. I really. Oh, can, can uh, I? Can I? I'm gonna revisit real quick a shout out that I totally forgot. I, Val Staples was at um, Morrison Con, and I totally mm. forgot to mention him, and I felt like such an asshole. So Val, I I should have met. I should have mentioned you because I had a nice talk with him. So Val. So I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, I uh, and there were people that I wanted to see Saturday that I didn't get a chance to either because they were busy or they were signing they were they were out. But um, talked to Tony for a bit and and the, you know to prove that he does listen to the show and 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 likes the show. He was talking about how um, how Jason's uh, matured and and went from, <laughs> went, went from he's all from, grown up now. All red and, and quietly, and now how, how he he looks forward to their art and 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 about the cartoons, especially Adventure Time. You brought up Adventure Time and how you were just ah uh, in the shit out of that show. And Vince and I are like, but why we have tears down our eyes? And then and then you know a couple weeks later you're like, yeah, show's pretty good. And the Halloween, <laughs> the Halloween special, the regular show is off the hook, son. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, you um, haven't? No, not yet. Oh, we, my kids spoiled yeah. the hell out of it for me. Really? We have a few. They're one of those, Dad, that Halloween show, and they put it on yesterday, and then they were like, oh, wait to see what happens here, and they blew every episode. They blew every segment, but it was still fun. <laughs> they, uh, after Tony, I, um, I, I stopped. I was actually, I was talking to Matt Nixon and his, uh, his lovely wife. Matt is, is on the forum, um, Grimlock PS. He, uh, and, and his wife, we met, we met them last year. Uh, so while I was talking to Matt, and and I'm gonna screw up his wife's name because even Matt 
claims that that he does. I, uh, and Julian and I were both trying to uh, get her name right, but it's it's uh, like Lyria. I'm just going to say it that way and, and be done with it. But as I'm talking to them, Cullen Bunn's walking by. He sees me. We say, hi, what's up? We talk for a few minutes. And then um, I didn't want to keep him because it was getting a little bit more crowded. And he was just trying to make his way to buy a sleeve for the page of art he, he had picked up. So I didn't want. Ooh, what did he buy? I believe there was a man thing on the page. Oh, a bitch. He's a popular <laughs> dude now, Cullen He's Bunn. A, he is. He is. He's starting to get some big gigs. Um. Oh, congratulations to those guys on the uh, um, on the six gun uh, yeah. uh, TV news. It sounds like uh, in development for NBC. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he said, but but Brian Hurt wasn't there. They didn't have a table. He wasn't there. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure Marvel flew him out, and and they were doing you know whatever they do for their guys, but um, who aren't Tom Fowler. And then they uh, huh. they were. Um, so, so yeah, so Colin didn't have the table. He said Brian was home working, making sure he was working. And, and uh, so then I, because I, Julian's table was right over there. So talked to uh, Master Lido for a little bit and um, then went over to Gabriel Hardman and Karina. Actually, I, I spent more time talking to Karina because Gabriel was uh, was busy taking down um, information for commissions and and talking to a few other people who um who were there to to talk about Planet of the Apes and things like that after which is that, awesome uh, dude I was looking through like the annual and some of the books they had out there the first trade it it really looks great and of course yeah, you he should had, really be buying that stuff I'm I'm working on it yeah you really should it's really good right <laughs> and he had the uh, he had pages from the uh the the Dark Knight digital story oh, he, oh yeah nice. yeah and and the, the original pages look awesome but um and they're on and they're full full 11 by 17 pages and and i guess they just cut them to do the um the widescreen for the digital but um it was nice seeing them on paper like that and his batman looks looks amazing uh from there i was walking down one aisle and ryan stegman uh yelled out for me so talked to him for a little bit and that's where i also saw tigers fan um another bastard yeah i saw ron interviewing Rick Remender with uh, Connor on on camera, and then Josh walked up and, and was talking to Ryan. So then the three of us were talking for a bit. Left them and made my way down the aisle. Talked to Mike Norton for a little bit, who decided to mock me and, and buzz my chops. And nice. Sorry, I get him Go later. Mike. I get I get him later in this episode, so don't worry, David. I got okay. you back. Um, and then uh, and also saw Paolo who Cadence wasn't there didn't have a table or anything he's he's taking care of the baby at home he, he only snuck in I guess to check on uh, the uh, the artist that um, that he reps and, and was just uh, shooting the breeze with a few folks uh, so like I said yeah so so Norton from Norton I'd bothered uh, Jamal Igo for a little bit and uh, and and he was there with a um, you know Pimpin' Molly Danger and 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 selling some prints and just he, he was really he was in a good location he was pretty much right at the uh, right at the beginning when you come down the steps and you walk past folks like um, George Perez and and Tom Smith nice Joe Rubenstein so you had he had a good area um, but he was always, he's always smiling but you know he was there he was happy he was good he's always hustling that Jamal he is, he is. I made sure that's, right. that's a good guy to uh, I made sure to say hi to Mister. Uh, Randy Gentile, who is a really nice dude. We never really talk. I mean, we see him on the forum and, and things like that, but um, just 
chatting with him for a little bit was uh, was fun. So then it's hopeless who busted all our balls. Talk about blowing up. Apparently, really. Apparently, at C two E two, I guess we were talking to the person next to his table. And and not him. And I said, so like the one time, because I remember, or it may not have been C2E2, it may have been at last year's New York Comic Con, but I know that there were times where we did go over to him because I wanted to, you know, I, I know I talked to him because we gave him props for Legion of Monsters and, and, you know, told him good to hear about um, the X-Men Season 1 OGN. So I know I did speak to him, but I guess we were interviewing or, or, or somebody was talking to someone else, another creator, and, and um Dennis remembers that, so it's good to know he doesn't hold a grudge. And, <laughs> oh, look who's talking! And then, and then I uh, and then I, I I stopped by uh, Ryan Brown's table for a little bit, and uh, uh, cool. He had Blast Furnace for sale. He had uh, the third issue of uh, God Hate Astronauts available, which Boomer Z, which Bill, who who unfortunately his weekend did not end as well as it started, um, but uh, Bill was next to me. Well, and, and so. The three of us were, were were talking for a little bit, and um, and that was that was pretty much creator wise. Those were the um, those were the people I talked to. Um, saw John Suntress, uh Finally, oh well, while I was talking to um, Karina, I, I interrupted basically the conversation that she and Timmy Wood were having. So so Timmy sends his love. Timmy, uh, um, Jason's cousin from from another aunt, and then you Jason's have more handsome cousin. Oh damn! He is a handsome young man, isn't he? He is, yeah. That jaw that won't quit. I know that. It looks like he can take some punches. The um, you have Just did. Uh, I, <laughs> you got uh, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> 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 we finally got off mute. Um, the uh, Joey, Joey N on our forum. Ah, nice. Uh, How's he looking? He he he's, he doesn't look too beat up. He he's um you know I mean he's wearing his Giants hat so he's happy, but he um. He, he he's good. He uh, we didn't get to talk too much. He had to go pick up his um, his saga trade that was getting signed, and uh, and and there were some other things going on for him. He had a busy week. He went to the comicsology panel. He was he was he was working. He's like the hardest moving person at a con who isn't a podcaster or isn't in the industry. I don't know another fan. He's podcasting, right? Joey, no, no, not no, practice, the, Joey? no, 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 dude. No. Joey who? talking about Joey Nazari. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You cut out for a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not. <laughs> I got, my, Joey, I got oh. my Joey's mixed up. He said Joey N. There you go. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't hear that part. I'm sorry. Uh, also, um, uh, talked to Daryl for a few minutes. And, of course, uh, Frankie Dildonator. Yay. And, um, you see him all the time. He's good. Oh, and and uh, Greg G, G. Mateus on on the form, but the um, one what really kind of made me happy is as I'm leaving, as I'm walking out, and I, I except for a couple of sketchbooks, and and that was one thing. Yeah, Tony Fleece um, gave me a sketchbook and made sure to when he signed the cover, he uh, he put paper with an exclamation mark at the end of it. But he had some some awesome prints to sell, and and um, I got I, I got it wasn't me. I know. No. I got to recommend his website because the um, there were um, there are some adorable like prints and and um, it, he he's got some parodies and and some mock-ups that are just fantastic. But as I'm as I'm leaving, as I say goodbye to everybody, and I'm walking out, I see Mister Devin Bruce, um, Doctor Teeth on our forum, 
at the top of the oh, The Canadian? The Canadian. And, uh, and it, what sucks is... And the is man that, behind our annual Christmas exchange, gift exchange. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy. He's super nice. He, um, I guess something got screwed up. Reed did not have any records of Devin. Just Perk- so crazy, dude. Yes. So he, um, I guess he tweeted that, you know, the con wasn't meant to be for him. Our boy, who I did not see this year, and I didn't, I didn't meet up with anybody afterwards. As soon as, as soon as I left, I left and hit the train. But, um, our boy Alan White, New Mutant, hooked nice. Devin up with his pass so Devin could at least go Saturday night and I guess Sunday if he could. Um, so Devin's at the top of the steps. He sees me. I see him. We chat for a couple minutes. He, um, you know, he was like, well, it looks like you're leaving. I says, I got a couple minutes. You know, we'll, we'll, um, his game plan was basically he had to, uh, he wanted to see Jamal and he wanted to get a, uh, I want to say, I believe it was the first issue, but he wanted to get the first issue of Dynamo 5 signed by Mahmoud. So um, I I brought him over. He and Jamal spoke for a little bit. I went down, uh, told Mahmoud I didn't leave yet and and introduced him to Devin. And then we walked around for a couple minutes up and down one or two aisles. And then I left. But, um, but I, you know, it did, I didn't want, I'm glad I got to see somebody else. And no uh, dealer's room for you, David? No dealer's room, dude. I, I, I didn't. No new paper. No, well, not just that, but I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even look at anybody's. Uh, it's Col- getting old. We got it. We got to talk with her. Um, just squash that. Papel was there across from Ryan Stegman's table, actually. Oh. So tempted to go look through his portfolio to see if he had maybe any House of M pages, especially with either Misty Knight or Renee's favorite scene where uh, Luke Cage and, and Spider-Man are sitting on the roof and, and basically Luke's telling Peter to, to man the fuck up and quit crying. So, um, I was. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to. It's one thing if if I have my luggage with me, if I have a suitcase that I can, you know, kind of pack shit in and make sure it stays nice and tight. But for me to just have my backpack with me and try to maneuver around a con and hop on the train that day, true, I didn't. True, true. Uh, there's no excuse for buying more com- not buying more comics. You gotta buy more. No, uh, you don't. But also, but yeah, dude, you no, do. Break no, the I, cycle, Vince. Break I, the cycle. One uh, thing. I don't need to bring anything new home, but it it really it would have been stupid for me to try to get onto that floor. It's it, stupid. It was insane. It would have been stupid. Was that that crazy? Oh my god! It, we would not we would not have had a good time on that floor. Yeah, I would have just left and went to. Has, has it gotten Has it gotten too crowded? The thing is, it's getting bigger. The the, the convention itself is getting bigger, but I don't know if. Or when they decided to say, "Okay, that's it, no more passes," because it looks like everybody who they, everybody who could have purchased a ticket to this show, was able to and was able to get in. So even though it was bigger, and it seems like Reed is listening to, to the attendees, to the guests, to the exhibitors, and and things are, like, like Ron said, you know, Friday was awesome. Thursday, apparently, you know, you could. Mm-hmm. Bring children around and not hit anybody, and 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 there were, there were, I guess the way it was laid out, as long as you don't have tens of thousands of people in there, it's more manageable. It's easier. You can actually yeah. you know inhale and exhale, and and and. But I guess, and and I think Saturday was also the Walking Dead panel, and and you had Dale's caravan out in the in the parking lot, and there were um, Dale's caravan. What the Winnebago? The uh, the the trailer. What trailer? Oh, that's cool. They had the actual trailer? I think it really was. And they had to do oh, that. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. It may not. If somebody can tell me otherwise, it it looked like the actual trailer. It may not have been. It may have just been. It may have been. I don't think it was a fan because of how close it was to the con. Was it all um, beat up and shit? The one side I saw, not so much. That, that was. It was mostly that side. Was the um. Oh, but wait, was was the caravan even in the first episode of the season? Did they lose this it? one? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's there was gone. Winnebago in the uh, yeah, in the it was gone. Oh, okay. So the uh, um, I remember at the end of season two, they were basically walking. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when they left the farm, but I don't know when. Oh, I remember. Okay, wait. All right, never mind. So they, so yeah, and it was a guy who looked like Dale hanging out by it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's um, yeah. that's funny. It was uh, yeah, well, how hard is it to look like a dude with a beard? The uh, the the. But Saturday was not with, with the uh, with, with the panels with celebrities. So I mean, there was Saturday was I'm sure their busiest day. I don't know if sun, how how easy it was on Sunday for people to walk around. But like I said, I I don't know what was going on upstairs or outside. I didn't care. I was happy in Artist Alley. I really did go to say hi to people that I don't get to see all too often. And and I had what was nice is and I did I really did miss you guys. Mm-hmm. But, oh, also, yeah. but also part of it was um, as I'm talking to Stegman or as I'm talking to Jamal or or, or, or Tony even, all the time I spent with, with, with Tony Fleece, not, um, you know, normally when, when we're all together, I'm, I'm either, you know, checking to see what Toys Vince is looking at or back issues where <laughs> what, what Jason's looking at. And then as soon as, and then, you know, your antennas go up and you're like, okay, well, someone's on the move. And we, because you don't want to, you want to make sure not that we're all chained together, but at least, you know, we can, we have an idea of where everybody is. And, and there was, I didn't have that, that sense this time, obviously, because I was solo, but flying solo. Yeah. solo and let it all hang out. So the, um, the, just, just there to say hi to people. It, it, like I said, I didn't, aside from the sketchbooks, I didn't, I didn't have a goal to come home with anything. And, um, and I really did just, I, I was home, I think those are I, the best shows when you don't I, have an agenda. No, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Just go and enjoy and talk to people and hang out, and it's. Uh, I like yeah, tripping over stuff. I think it's 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 very cool to to let, allow for unplanned events. Yeah. I would. It's have, great whenever you're not spending like an entire day tracking down Jason's sketches. Oh, that's the best though. It is. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm exposed to some good art. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for uh, I'm happy for the guys that read. I mean, it, it's it, there's no way I don't think too many people can be. I don't think Reed can be disappointed with with the show. I don't know. I said it. Oh, sounds like it's something they're crazy, crazy busy. That's cool. Uh, but I mean, I I really did. I I would have I really would have kicked myself. I would have regretted not going. I think after as I'm taking the train home Saturday. I mean, my my um the the artist artist alley the tables. I think they had to buy power if they wanted it, but nobody had. I couldn't charge my phone anywhere. I'd, I'd have to find an outlet along the outside wall around Artist Alley to plug my phone in, and, and they were all, as soon as someone like left oh, me, I bet they were used, yeah. And so, um, so my phone died on the train ride home, but the, um, but I mean, I, I left there, I hopped on the 750 train, and, and I was home just around 9. So, I mean, it was the entire day, and it was... It was well worth it. I really did have fun. I would, um, I have, I can't, I mean, and, and he, like I said, Reed did the best they could with, 
having people come from across the street so they could get into the building because they didn't want, you know, if, if you had your badges, it would have been perfect. You're going through that side. And and security, security was on point. They were checking things. And if you if you were behind somebody who who was in costume and instead of having the badge around their neck, they had it like wrapped around their shoulder or another piece of their costume, security made sure to stop them and to look and they were looking for the holograms on the back of the of the of the passes. So I guess that's something new now is you know they're they're mocking walking dead promo pictures and laminating them. But you have um they were they I think Reed had a, had a really good staff, so I have no complaints about the show. Um, I, had I decided to trek onto the show floor or go check out some of the podcasters, my opinion might might be different. But I think I, I really I loved Artist Alley because it, it was separate. If they if if the customers if the attendees made their way over to Artist Alley, then they were there for a reason, so at least uh, the people who were interacting with the fans, um, the people that were there were, I guess I'll say there for a reason. It was, um, but it wasn't, if they were on the show floor, it would have been nuts because you wouldn't be able to to communicate with the artist. You wouldn't be able to uh, to take your time with them because someone would always be pushing around. And because Artist Alley was separate, there also weren't too many cosplayers, so there weren't too many people, you know, blocking out to take pictures. Nice. Yeah, so it was, it was. A, I hope Artist Alley is in that location again next year. It, it's pretty sweet. But no, nice. I, I did the artists feel like they were? Because I heard that some people say, "Oh, Artist Alley was, you know, was way out there in Bumble this year." But then my question is always, "Well, did the artists like it?" If they, as long as the artists are happy, then it doesn't matter. Where yeah, I saw a couple artists that were just like, "Oh, no one's ever going to be here," and I'm just like, "What, really?" And and Jamal was one of those people who, because um, he he was there, I think Monday just to see how they were going to start setting everything up. And he's like, wasn't too keen on Artist Alley being all the way over here. And I guess like Wednesday night or, or um, Thursday morning, he they, he saw them put up like the four or five ATM machines they had by the stairs. And he's like, all right, they know what they're doing. This is, they're, they're expecting the, because um, there was this long walkway, which I guess also offered free Wi-Fi. And, and it was, there was like this little um, Showtimer stars, uh, original series, they had this like giant stand-up kind of promo piece of merchandise, and and I think people were using that. Also, they were able to charge their devices there. Um, but uh, you know, once you had that walkway, which was nice and open and not crazy, uh, and you made your way into Artist Alley, Artist Alley itself, the size of it, the way it looked, and and um, Joey and took a couple of pictures of Artist Alley from the top of the steps, and you can still see. The, the ocean of people out there and, and even Artist Alley looked like I unfortunately having never been to a Windy City I can imagine Artist Alley is, as big as it was and the way it was laid out was probably maybe the same size if not maybe a little bigger than than what you might have had it at Windy City Chris it was it was massive Artist Alley itself was massive so I know yeah that we weren't that, that big and I, I know that like uh, Karina was happy to have the natural light come in Tony was mm-hmm. was um Tony didn't mind the location. Uh, I think they may have been a little concerned at the beginning, maybe Thursday night, but once, yeah. once Friday and especially Saturday, I don't. Th- I mean, Julian was, of course, he was buffed. Foot, foot, foot traffic didn't seem to be any sort of issue from what I was no, hearing about no, the no, show. No, no, definitely not. No, I, I, um, I would like you know, I, I haven't 
looked for too many tweets. I, I wanted to say hi to Jeremy Hahn. He wasn't. Uh, he was never at his table a few times. I walked by it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to see Kevin Mellon, so I'm kicking myself for that. Um, I mean, there are, and and I didn't get to say goodbye to Mike because he was he, he got up to go do a signing around five o'clock, I think. But um, I don't. I don't know if if really if there were any creators who. Because even Gabriel was like, I know there was one year, maybe it was last year, the year before, where I think maybe it was last year, where Gabriel wasn't um, too keen on on some of the 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 inner workings of of the convention. But he, uh, mm-hmm. when I asked him if he still felt that way, he um, the impression I got was that that things had gotten better and 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 that um, yeah. that Reed had listened and, and things like that. So I don't I don't think there's any question that this is a tentpole show. On the on the convention circuit now, it's New York Comic Con kind of ends the season. It's yeah. it's 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 the second biggest comic book convention in the country, no question about it. And and I think that Reed like is. Hmm? It felt like it's Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that Reed is is trying desperately to uh, to make Chicago that that third tent pulse where you have. Chicago, New York, San Diego as as the three the three big ones. We'll see if they're we'll see if they're able to do that. So oh, so yeah no so I, I uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully you know I'll be there with a couple extra people. But um, I uh, yeah you will. I but no I I glad I went. I'm very happy that uh, that Reed's still doing it, and and I was glad I got to see everybody that uh, that I did see. Look at you. Just time for you to get crackly. Yeah. Who's next? Well, no one, no, the rest of us went to a show. I know. You have to tell well, me damn. I was there. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was fun, dude, in spite of the, the crowds, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, we got some things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Some things we've been waiting to talk about. Oh, yes. We've been waiting for the four of us to be together to talk about the fucking 7th through 12th issues of Wonder Woman. Yep. I'm ready. Vince is all freaking awesome. It was freaking awesome, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Vince is still all crackly, so he's not able to talk about it. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, we talked about the we talked about first the first six, six first six or so issues, yeah. yes. and they were they were fantastic. But uh, um, it's it's nice to see them be able to elaborate even more and uh, and and really kind of up the game on it. I love the the second six issues. I thought it was a great arc. And the I thought that the the. I think Azarello really hit his stride. Like I thought he, I mean, I thought it was great from the start, but I think that some of the stuff that he did um, in the second arc was really cool. Like I absolutely adored the idea of where all the men go that are. Yes. Because, yes. you know, in the old DC, it was just that, you know, there were, there were women. It was almost applied. It was magical. Yes. But in this, no, in fact, it's not. And, uh, and it was just awesome. I mean, you know, they, that once a year, the Amazonians like descend upon the rest of the earth and just basically <laughs> rape, rape and pillage, orgy and pillage dudes to get pregnant, and then they they keep the girls, the daughters, and then they cast off the 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 males and they give them the Hephaestus to work in his his uh, his uh, you know Factory. uh, factories, yeah, yeah, which I thought was awesome. I thought that was thought a great, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought that the 
the revelation of of Wonder Woman and uh, who her father is was cool in the beginning, but then I love that they continue and take it. You know, the the adding of adding the sort of incestuous um, uh, family angle to this book, I think, works really well. It brings almost like a almost like a um, uh, uh, noble causes aspect to it, you know, a soap yeah, opera. It, oh, it's, yeah, it's totally a soap opera, and right. and the be- and the best parts of mythology are the soap operas. It's you know yes. who who is sleeping with who, you know who is whose father, and that's the, he's so tapped into that, and I absolutely love it. It's yeah, fantastic. I mean, we we have the the we have a betrayal in that uh, you know we we think that. Um, that one of the gods is on Wonder Woman's side, and then maybe he he actually ultimately is, but but he he obviously Hermes makes makes like a he makes like a banana and splits with the uh, you know with the baby, and uh, why are you sighing from that? No, I um because it 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 was a surprise. I I thought that the um I thought that reveal was to me. As I'm reading it, and and as they're saying, you know who, um, you know the Her- Hermes' other nicknames and things like that, that I think was more of a oh shit moment. That I think hit me harder than the last page. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's and and I mean, and I am, I am not a huge fan of. Um, of everything Kirby created, I, I, I um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're I'm still, sorry, you're dude. I, I'm saying, I, I'm saying huge. I'm not saying, you know, there's, um, but, um, and and I mean, I, I'm not going to say, oh, the final crisis left. You know, it, it's it has nothing to do with that. It's just it. It was. I thought it was neat. I thought that last page. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But I was still. I read that last page and I was still reeling from from the baby thievery. So, uh, yeah. the thing that did it for me was the last page. Of course. Well, that's yeah. what we've been waiting. We, we knew that. About. Yeah. We've been waiting to talk, for you to be on the show and have read it to talk about it for two months. Right. I think yeah. it, it's the best Wonder Woman's been in decades. Right. Uh, yes. Azarello has written a fantastic story, but for me, the the what I read was very enjoyable. But I'm more eager to get to. The stuff that's coming, knowing that the new gods are going to be pulled into it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, it was it was yeah. That it was, last page is just like, oh shit, Vince is on it like a bonnet. Now. That's right. But I mean, the, the the mythology, love it, love the art. The story's great. Wish it was a little more violent, but mm-hmm. you know, it is a it's an all ages title, right? But I mean, let's think about it. Right? How cool. None of their none of their it's, books are all ages. It's one well, of those things where like you see it on the page and then you think. Why hasn't anyone ever done this before? Right, right. right. It seems I mean, common a sense. New God, it, it, it literally, Azarello, of course, makes the link between the old pantheon of, of yeah. mythological gods that are part of the DC universe, and then the new God, which is a new, literally a new God. But he is, you know, it's a cur- It makes just it's it's again. It's one of those things like, oh, well, damn, I can't believe no one else ever thought to do yeah. this. Yeah, I, I actually felt bad for Azarello. Um, right. over over the weekend because I I was watching the interview they had on him f- with uh, from the Newsarama people at New York City Comic Con and and the first of all Azarella doesn't like to he doesn't like to be in the spotlight to begin with right yeah no, Do, he, doesn't doesn't like to throw himself out there it's not an easy interview right it's, well I mean it, he he was he was more open and receptive than I've seen him 
in, in interviews to no, begin with. So yeah, so they had him on. He was laughing and joking and just having a good time. But the dude that was interviewing them from Newsarama has no place in front of a camera. He was a total Chris Farley. So I think it's awesome what you're doing with Wonder Woman and like asking the most rudimentary, basic questions about what what's going on with Wonder Woman. And at one point, Azarello was just like, you can see him just going, "Why the fuck am I here? Why am yeah. I doing this?" Uh, but the woman that was uh, along with him, she was asking asking really good questions but the dude was just Azrael he he looked like he just wanted to crawl right out of his skin and uh and he said um I think one of the things was the, the the guy said did you was it a hard pitch to DC to get the, you to use the new gods and Azrael said no <laughs> they, they were like oh, okay fine you, know? you just described you just described every conversation I've ever had with Azrael yeah. yeah and, and I can't cool. help it the um nothing seen within those 12 issues Nothing seemed out of place because even as I'm reading the couple of issues with the wedding, I'm like, well, this maybe. As I'm starting it, I'm like, you know, this, 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 this is this to me feels like something that I'd get if if I read Sandman or uh, it just, Sandman. you know, I no, but I'm just, but it was, it's like it, we're not dealing with action we're not really it's just it's it's another it, it didn't interrupt the flow of the story it didn't it, it didn't it kept moving things along and it was and it was a wedding or trying to 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 have candle boy and and <laughs> and, and, and and get his you know get his swerve on but it was it was just uh i i remember those those issues and as as I'm getting towards you know the the twelfth and 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 I'm trying to normally if if I'm trying to rush to make sure I read something although looking back now you know we would have had a couple extra months to get through them but if if we if we had the um as as I'm trying to to speed up so I could read all twelve getting to those getting to the wedding issues would have probably been like something I may not look forward to or want to hurry up and finish so I can get to where I'm going but I was really I was sucked in. I, I, I still did. that was no less a page turner than than the other issues before or after it. Yeah, he's they got doing good things with Wonder Woman, and yeah. and from what I hear, right, it's it's selling well. It's doing well. Yeah, so it, it deserves to. It's yeah. well, it's, it's well, still that, well. <laughs> yeah. It's nice well, that DC's keeping some of them going. <laughs> oh hey man, they're they're published. Their 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 job is to sell books. When books yeah, don't sure. sell, right. they're, but, they're gone. I wanted to talk about that a little bit too. About this recent mm. uh, uh, Frankenstein a Agent of Shade uh, uh -huh. cancellation. Look forward to reading them all in trade. Yeah, uh, you know there there were some people that were surprised and depressed and why it, no uh, about the cancellation of it. But honestly, why would be surprised. There were some people that were. I don't know. That's how well, they, some people, people react to things. That is, a lot of people pay no attention to sales numbers. Right. So but, they they base they base their surprises on whether or not a book that they like is getting canceled. But the thing is, we're, we're chances are if a book is good, it's going. If it's good and it's smart, chances are it's going to get canceled. That that's what I was going to say. The the uh, the direct market is not a uh, a indicator uh, of quality. No, no, it's it's not a place where uh, anything other than the the big two superhero books, the traditional capes and cowls, 
flourish. It's just not. I mean, there's there's a uh, the majority of the people that 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 drive this industry want Batman and Spider Man. That's what they want. So yeah. so when you have a book like um, Frankenstein, God, we were we're lucky it lasted as long as it did, really. Um, but but it just goes to show you that a nice attempt at DC to to stir up the pot and get some different books out there. But you're going to see it's all going to go back to the way it was before. Sales are going to drive this thing, and it's going to be all Batman, Superman, Justice League, and their offshoots, and and the the, the books that are odd, like like um, Blackhawk and and Blue Beetle and and Frankenstein. They're just going to keep dying off one by one. So, it, well, it, it yeah, was a nice I mean, attempt it, to, to to diversify, but really, that's not what well, the market wants. They don't no, want diversity. It's, it's the circle of life. It's you know, I'm going all Lion King on everyone. Um, it, it's just it's. It's what's always happened in comics. For Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, it's going to get canceled, and now we're going to see what you know, whatever. It's going to be well, okay. JSA, The Liberty Files is going to is going to have the Whistling Skull, you know, yeah, which but is JSA. That that's a not a huge hard well, sell. No, you but, know what I mean? It's know, still superheroes. And, and you guys will hear later. I mean that that book is more about the Whistling Skull than it's ever going to be about the JSA. You know, my point is, is that when you know when Guardians of the Galaxy was great, we all knew it was going to be for a finite amount of time. It's yeah. not that sure. is not mm-hmm. that is not a book that's going to run for 250 issues. And you know what? That's okay because books that run for 250 issues have a tendency of getting fucking boring. So I'm I'm thrilled that we got 16 issues of Frankenstein. I'm thrilled that we got 30, what, 32, 33 issues of Fear Agent. A lot of books aren't meant to run for 200 issues. Why the Last Man was a great 24-issue limited series that ran for about 40 issues too long. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't agree with that, but I, okay. Well, okay, you you don't agree with that, but what I'm saying is that you know sometimes you cherish them while they're there, and sometimes a short run on a really good book is great because you don't have to see the book hit its valleys. Right. Well, I mean, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the the books that drive the industry are the product. Books that are created solely for product, just to keep these characters out there, uh, they're going to produce a Batman book every month until the end of time because they have to, because it sells, right? Well, we so- just, it just happens that the quality is really good on the main Batman book now. But, you know, it, it's, it, the quality is actually unimportant because that's what people buy. They buy Batman, they buy Spider-Man, and we're lucky that we did get as many issues of Frankenstein because, honestly, direct market, it's just like TV. The popular stuff flourishes, and the, the stuff that's different, it, it dies, you know, and you're lucky to get it. Yeah, right? and that's yeah, and that's, uh, and that's fine. I think, I, think every, I think we're going down a path of being coming off as being a little too uh, crotchy old man and and almost yeah. like comics with an X. I mean, I, there are plenty of amazing so. comics that are differentiated, not superhero, that are doing well and, and thriving. And oh yeah, Walking Dead being one of them. But but it's an anomaly, right? Oh, you know the the Six Gun is is. Yeah, great. I was going to say. I mean, I guess I just anomaly meaning what that it's. Uh, to me, an anomaly is like three or four. There, there's tons of them. If you mean top selling books, yeah, no, that. Well, that's that what I'm saying. Anomaly. I'm saying that the big sellers. Are, are stuff that the average dude wants. 
uh, average dude meaning, meaning the most popular stuff. Like the six gun, it may be a great seller. What does it sell? Does it break yeah, twenty thousand? I, I just cringe. I cringe anytime anyone starts going down the road of like equating. It's one thing to say um, sales or ratings do not equate to quality. I think that's one hundred percent true. Right, you're right. But it's another thing, and I feel like the last five minutes have sounded more like the the corollary to that, which is implying anything that most people like or that the majority of people like is shit. And I think no. that's no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. That's, that's why. No. That's why I mentioned. No, no. no. Let's, I mean, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, 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 the, like to me, like that viewpoint is like the TCJ viewpoint, right? Which is like something sells more than ten thousand copies, it must suck because all the plebeians like it, you know? Or like because a show gets good ratings, it must no, be. No, I, I, I think, I think what, like that's think, not I, at all. Well, no, it's it's not that it sucks. I think what Vince's point, and I would agree with him, is that it will sell whether it is good or not it doesn't right. mean that it's not it doesn't mean that it's not good it doesn't mean that it is good it means that it will sell whether it is good or not and and we all know that there are people that have bought amazing spider-man for their entire lives and they wear as a a, a badge of of honor that it's like i've bought amazing spider-man even when it was fucking terrible and, and superior man <laughs> do i I said, let's see if they buy it when it's called Superior Spider-Man. Well, to hear the interweb, yeah, yeah. the, big, the biggest well, thing ever. I tell you, see, I, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh well, the, um, New York. Well, let, let's move into that just to lighten it up a bit. Well, yeah. I just think it's absurd. Like people are acting as though they've already read the book. Like so, exactly. Dan, Dan Slott and Ryan Stegman are doing. You know, uh, issue 700 is the last issue, quote unquote. Air quotes last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. and then starts the number one of Superior Spider-Man, written by Dan Slott, drawn by our boy Ryan Stegman. And uh, if you do the interweb search, you'll see that it's as though uh, uh, it's like the worst thing that Marvel's ever done. And I just don't get it because we haven't even read it yet. I mean, it it hasn't look it isn't even out yet, and people are acting. I mean, there's there's just the the classic. They're acting like they're on the internet. There's millions of people saying, "I swear, I'm never reading Marvel comic again. Never reading Spider Man again." Ah, oh, they said that with with one more day. No, absolutely. And I just think it's like, dude, you know, I mean, if you read it and it offends you, that's one thing. You have the right to, but you don't even you haven't even seen it yet. Like I, I heard know. that uh, Peter's uh, not in the costume. That well, that, the, the, the right the, the the big reveal at New York Comic Con was that um, Superior Spider Man will not be Peter Parker. Or will he be? I mean, who is, who is it? After, Do we know? Well, well, no, you don't. But that's that's the thing is that I mean, at the end, is it of, Ben is it Ben Riley? Well, I mean, it it could be him. It could be Kane. Maybe Kane comes back from from. Dude, I would from I would Texas. buy the shit out of it. If it was Ben Riley. Um, at the end of the Spider Man miniseries, Peter went to go look up Miles Morales, the six one six, our Miles Morales, if you want to say that. And um, what he found out, judging by the look on his face, was um was was quite different than the the young lad he he just hung out with five issues prior um so you know it maybe it's miles we we don't know and and ryan while i'm talking to him saturday i mean he's just got this shitty grin on his face and oh he knows that, right because he's drawn the damn book. right he would know he's drawn the first three issues he's um he and uh and umberto and um just said become a are all like the, the three main artists and um and because they don't want, because Ryan doesn't want um, 
to have any of his arcs interrupted because since he's inking himself now he can do and 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 it is it's still it's on the amazing spider-man schedule so it's still it's not so much that it's always marvel double shipping it's still just amazing spider-man twice monthly and uh and ryan can do about 10 issues a year so for him to he wouldn't be able to do you know, ten because he's standing within up. The, for every two weeks. That's right. <laughs> see, so uh, but no, I mean he, the fact I mean, he's had people. He had people coming up to his table all weekend. I I saw Dan Slot's table, but I didn't. But Dan wasn't there. A few times I walked by, uh, but um, you know, people are coming up, and I mean those that aren't demanding to know what the story's about. They they're all you know they're giving their theories and and tell them Ryan, you know what. What they know is to be, and 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 if, I, I just have to laugh that they're that they're dismissing something. It's one thing to mock or 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 pick apart a storyline that's going on right now or one that just finished, but but to just to drag something that hasn't even been published yet through the mud. You're without, surprised. You're, you're surprised I, by this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm disappointed. I wouldn't say it's surprising. It, but it's it's still no matter how used to it you may get no matter how par for the course it is it doesn't mean it's it's any easier to watch happen and it's um David what was the miniseries that uh, one of the ones that capped off the Clone Saga when Peter and Mary Jane went on his uh, on their way and Peter was like a, a maximum clonage no was it the Lost Years or something or the Lost Oh, the one before the uh, the John Byrne. Yeah, yeah. One? What was that called? The I want to say it was the <sighs> Lo- the lost de- years or lost days or something. Th- that would be really cool if they did that. If they just have a book with just Peter doing his thing over to the right, and they have this guy, whoever it's going to be, being in Superior Spider Man. That would be cool to read. James Mateus wrote it. Uh, I. Do believe yes, and and uh, it was Spider Man: The Lost Years, yeah. And Jansen yeah. was uh, yep. was he? Yeah. Yep, yeah. I'm looking good right stuff. Up. I like that. I like when they do that. Keep because then you're just putting Peter on the back burner to simmer because you know that Amazing Spider Man is eventually going to come back in into publication. They're going to start again with a number one or pick up whatever the case. They're never going to completely stop Amazing Spider Man. They can't. According no. to David, it's the flagship, well, it's, which it's, is a bunch of hoo-ha. Same thing with um, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. That will that will go on forever, right? But the but at least you know it's it's going to be called a Fantastic Four. You know, Superior. There's not going from what I can tell. There's not going to be an Amazing Spider-Man book published while Superior. And that was the, that's the other thing that makes me laugh is that it's a stupid title. Why 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 Superior Spider-Man? Why and it's like. So we're going. To, I mean, it's getting to the point where now we're just going to we're attacking the title. Maybe there's nope. something to do. You're sounding surprised the... by this. I was listening to another podcast and they were ripping the title, being like, "That's so <laughs> stupid." I'm thinking, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> like, I don't. I'm like, "Amazing, spectacular." Those are okay. Web of, I'm Web assuming of. it's okay. <laughs> um, but somehow, superior is, is inadequate. And they want to know why. Why is it superior? They they, they want to know right now. But you never know. Superior can play into the character somehow. You never know. It could be a play on words. Um, To to tie into this, we have a a tweet from the John Ray. And uh, this is a nice dovetail. He said, which of the Marvel Now titles you're most and least interested in and why? I'm going to go first because I got it's easy for (laughs) me. Quick answer. No, I'm least interested in everything. I'm yeah. only interested in the Fraction All Red FF book. That's the only one I'm going to buy. 
because it, it, it looks fantastic to me. It looks like a fun, um, you know, seat of your pants, graphically stunning comic book. That's what I want. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in any of the Marvel baggage that, that comes with anything. So I'm, I'm just going to buy FF by Fraction and, and All Red. David, what are you interested in? Uh, well, I am interested in Superior Spider-Man. I, um, I, oh man, I don't, <sighs> that is a good question because I don't, I'm, I'm not reading previews, so it's not, I, I don't even know too many titles. I, I would, I'm going to check out Fantastic Four and FF. Um, Bagley's drawn Fantastic Four though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and already is FF. Bagley was there. He had a nice line on on uh, on Saturday. I'm gonna pass on that. Um, they uh, oh shoot, throw some uh, throw some titles out at me. Greg Land, Iron Man, right? You want that? There's no? least. There we go. Boom, done. <laughs> Next. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I mean, I um, I, I mean, I admittedly am curious about Bendis's version of the X-Men. So, I mean, all new X-Men I'm curious about. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever, dude. I mean, again, just because you're oh, tired. I mean, <laughs> what? what? He's Bendis is doing Guardians of the Galaxy too, right? That's what I hear. Yes. Yeah. Yes, With McNiven on art. Yeah, I must skip that. Um, Hickman and Opeña intrigues me because of Opeña. I love the idea of Opeña drawing the Avengers and me buying a page from him pleases me to no end. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm so pleased on your book so I can buy one for my wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pulling for Dennis Hopeless, who has two books. I mean, this is big mm-hmm. for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. He's for got uh, Avengers Arena and Cable and X Force. And Cable and oh, X Force is. Oh, Dad forgot about that. Now, yeah, Cable and X Force, though, see, that book should be like my number one book. But unfortunately, they put Salvador La Roca on the art. Ooh. So. Yeah, I must skip that. It's hurting me. Yeah. Um,. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Remender fan, so him doing Captain America is interesting to me in that it's set in a, another dimension, and it's like he's like in a Mad Max kind of thing where he's got to basically fight in this. It's almost like Kill Raven meets Captain America, which I, I think is pretty cool. Like that's right up I, that that could play right in a Remender's wheelhouse of you know. Well, you know, they keep they uh, from what I've seen, they were teasing some kind of Martian invasion. Uh, or, or, or some kind of battle with Martians in the Avengers books, right? I remember seeing tripods. Yeah, was, I, I have a feeling that's, that's just going to die on the vine. Well, that's, like that. that's silly. Why Martians are cool? Hell, look yeah. at IDW. Martians are, are fighting everybody over there, even Popeye. Now, <laughs> being that I am a huge Deadpool fan, it's cool to see Tony Moore drawing Deadpool. Yeah. But I'm reserving judgment on that because I don't know what to make of Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan as writers. So I liked it. Well, um... Have you read The Last Christmas? No. Yeah, that was fucked up. You should <laughs> read The Last Christmas. It is so <laughs> in your wheelhouse of silliness. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Duggan's a good writer. Uh, <laughs> I talked about uh, Infinite Horizon, which was a very serious book. Oh, but right, he, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but Jerry's also a big ham, especially whenever he's or, uh, teams up with, with Posehn. I mean, this is not their first comic work. They, they've worked in oh, comics sure, sure. before you know, with, you know, with, uh, with Remander and Hillary. So I don't have a... That's all. Uh, uh, Jerry's a good writer. Uh, Posehn is a funny idea guy. That actually intrigues me. I think it will be fun. Uh, who got massively killed to death in Devil's Rejects. <laughs> he went down like a bitch. Yep. <laughs> yep. Blam! Going down your... 
Uh, you already mentioned. I mean, I agree. FF the uh, the idea of um, of um, yeah uh, of um, it just look like, looks like an irreverent fraction. And Allred is very balls cool. out. Just sort of, Allred's going to do whatever he can to to I, I must ignite admit, those pages. I have zero interest in Indestructible Hulk. That yeah, doesn't me interest too. me at all. That saddens me. You know what I mean? Uh, Hulk's you know Hulk's one of my favorite Marvel characters. Probably the top. Uh, for the past maybe five, ten years, ever since Planet Hulk. And, uh, I just, I have no interest in it. I want to have interest, but I don't. I, and I don't think it's me. I just think it's, there's a time when the stuff does not appeal to you. And, and yeah. it, it, it hasn't in quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Jason, Jason was joking at my, um, my, um, Bendis. snickering, snickering at Bendis because, you know, it's, it's, common knowledge i haven't liked a bendis comic in about you know six years or so mm-hmm. um yeah it's not bendis's fault it's i i honestly feel like i just i just my taste moved on from what he was doing and it's right. like okay it's, it's kind of silly to say hey dude stop selling books you know what i mean stop sure. writing stuff well, that people yeah. read i mean well, iron man yeah. by um kieran gillen and greg land interests me in no way shape or form yeah and i, and I like i like kieran stuff but my yeah. God, as many great artists as, as are out there, I mean, seriously, we got to keep going down this fucking road. You know what I they could have did? Kieran Gillen on the on the on the words, uh, Kieran Dwyer on the art. That would have been a team. That up. would be nice. Wow, that would be yes. I want to see them work. You know, uh, McKelvey in with 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 Kieran on a mainstream book. You they, know, all, oh oh wait, no. They, I mean, we all know that Greg Land works with. Well, they are doing they're they are? doing Young Avengers together. That's it. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, but this Greg Land thing—it's like we all know that he that he uses photos. It's obvious that he has some on someone, which is why he still has a job. True. It, it's just painful because the the brother was so good on Nightwing. He was he was awesome back in the day, and it just yeah. It just became a. Uh, he's the poor guy's addicted to photo ref. It's, now, it this happens. is an odd one. This one will probably be around for about six issues tops. Uh, Morbius: The Living Vampire is coming out. Yeah, yeah that looks um, kind of interesting. It's, it's by Joe Keating and Richard Elson. So that's oh, okay. Joe, Joe Keating, the glory, nice. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Hickman and Epting on New Avengers. Um, Loeb and McGinnis are doing Nova, which. It means I'm not going to read it, but but it probably will interest uh, a lot of other people. Boy, Jeff Loeb is your is your version of <laughs> Bendis. Bendis. Yeah, yeah, it's your Bendis. <laughs> you know it's going to be big with McGinnis on it. I mean, visually big. Uh, I I'll probably get that one in hardcover. Um, Frank Cho is writing and drawing uh, Savage Wolverine. Right. Which which I'm giddy about, except for the fact that you know it is Frank Cho, so it'll probably take. Fourteen months for it the should first just be bi-monthly. Yeah. Well, he'll yeah. never finish it. What with you know the apocalypse happening at the end of the year. So true, true. Um, Nick Spencer is doing Secret Avengers, which could be cool, but it's being drawn by Luke Ross. So that makes me a pass. It's a pass for me. Wait, yeah, it's but, being drawn by who? Luke Ross. Oh, I don't know who that is. But it's Nick Spencer. He, well, morning, I, morning glories, not, right? That's yes. yeah, that's not yes. a selling point for me either. No, no. No. I just say. Um, slot and statement on Spider-Man. Um, Aaron and Asad Ribic on Thor: God of Thunder, which will probably be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it looks good. Um, Daniel Way and Steve Dillon, who are leaving the current Deadpool team, are going over to Thunderbolts, which is an entirely new team, um, led uh, led by Thunderbolt Ross with, I believe, Deadpool, um, Wait, Electra, uh, and a couple other people on the group. 
Now, when you say Thunderbolt Ross, you mean Rulk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he didn't get cured or anything that I don't know about. No, but he can turn back into Ross. He well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Uncanny Avengers, obviously, is the big, the, sort of the new flat, the new um, headline book, which is already out, Remender and Cassidy. Um, I'm intrigued by Uncanny X-Force because Sam Humphreys, I think, is doing some pretty cool stuff. And he's the writer, and Ron Garner's doing the art, so that'll probably be a go for me. Um, X-Men Legacy, which they're rebooting. It's written by Cy Spurrier with Tang Un What? And what? So we always do that. that'll probably be a wait and see. Good and time. then... <laughs> Young Avengers by uh, by Kieran and McKelvey, which again, you know, they they have obviously are fans of working together. I I will have to see on that one. I love the idea of the Young Avengers. I'm not sure. I love. I'm not sure. I'm a big, as Young big Avengers. a McKelvey art fan as I need to be. To well, what what I like about Jamie on that book is that McKelvey does Young very well. He understands youth fashion and and look. They they will be. They will look like young Avengers. They will. They will be like teenagers. See, I, I think McKelvey and if 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 I think Kieran and McKelvey on a rebooted Runaways would be awesome. I think because they just basically dress like regular kids. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not, and I'm not saying I won't like it. I'm just saying, but I'm not as immediately intrigued on him doing. I hear you, and that's fair. Keeping Cal's book, you know, that's all. Yeah. No, so I think fair. that's all the ones that were announced so far, but you know. Cool. Um, you know what, Chris? Do you have any that you're interested in, or David, or um... oh, um, I'm I'm probably like a lot of other things. I, I'm gonna wait um, and and go for the trade on yeah, stuff uh, that that I hear is you know here it, it's good. This is worth checking out. It's like okay, yeah, well, I'll get it in trade. That's uh, yeah. I uh, my my DCBS order this month. Well, I mean, I haven't submitted it yet, but I I I'm down to 26 comics. Nice. That's I a like lot. that. That's impressive. Good for a lot. No, well, that's not a lot from what twenty yeah. about three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it, was down, it was what? It was over one hundred and twenty three months ago. Holy so. mackerel! That's yeah, a lot. which means you're reading everything in trade, and you know uh, yeah. that's the preferred format. I, I'm more, more and more convinced of that every day. Well, again, it's just I'm just I mean I literally have, I mean, dude, I have, <laughs> I think I have like. 40 unread issues of the unwritten <laughs> like I have oh, wow. like, yeah. I have like 35 issues of the boys unread like you know they're going to spin they're going to dump um <laughs> fables into the unwritten or vice versa wait what they're going to cross pollinate i think fables in the unwritten really yeah yeah i i, I believe i read that somewhere interesting yeah, moving on i i find that i find what makes it also easier, at least for me, to go to trades, to go to collections, is that I long ago, oh, maybe not that long ago, but it's been a while since I've had that mindset where a trade is a reprint. I need that first printing of you know X Force number twenty eight because you know it just it, it's I've I'm well past the point where I need single issues or I need a first printing of something. And, and, and if I, now it, it is, it is the story. So whether it's on paper, whether it's digital, but as long as I can read the story, that's all I care about. I don't care about the package anymore. Yeah. I got, you know, I have some, I have to admit something. Mm -hmm. There's a dude at the local shop that buys every cover available 
for every for for books for that every he buys. variant for everything. Yeah, he'll 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 go the distance. He'll buy the variant cover and he'll buy the retail like incentive one, and and I can't help and I try not to because it's the guy's money. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it, right? Sure. But but I I can't help but judge you know like why would you throw money away on that you ha you you have the book you just bought the book right and now, okay. you, now you now, and now you're and now you're got, gotta get them all but that's Dude, just did you weird see that, uh, did you see that for amazing spider-man number 700 on the dcbs order form there's a one in 750 variant cover <laughs> that you can buy for 350 bucks oh jesus wow yeah so, that's nuts but wait I, here's I, where it gets interesting i heard Breetall talking and he said he knows a guy who signed up to buy it, you know, through yeah. DCBS. And they wrote him back saying, well, listen, sorry, but right now you're number six on the list. And we think oh. we're only going to have three of them to give you to give oh out. Oh, my God. About that. that means that just DCBS alone had six or more people willing to shell out 350 bucks for one comic book, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise. Are you surprised? And really? And, and, oh, I, and I, I got 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kills $10, me, $10 cover? No, but. And, and and how many how many copies so but dude, more copies often than not you get the alternate covers in the trade exactly exactly Duh. the reason why but i'm not that one them. but the thing is but but okay so now so this guy so three people get theirs for 350 bucks but how many of these copies are are, are cam and christina sitting on where are they I hope they're not go? sitting on them. People are going to oh, buy them. No, God, if, they, if, they, if they have people requesting them, they're not sitting on them. <laughs> they're there to sell them. No, man. right. I no, mean, no, that's no, why. No, that's right. That's why. No, I know. No, I. So, but then. <laughs> but where do the most regular issues go? Well, no, no, no. See, because that's that's why I think that's why Christina told the guy who was number six on the list that he's probably not going to get a copy because they're going to order. Oh, you know, oh, enough for the customers. Okay. They okay. they probably yeah, but, figure they're they're getting orders for several thousand copies of the of the of the regular right. book. Okay. So well, they'll I, have I thought they'll that have enough the, volume to order up to three of the one and seven fifties. Yeah. Yeah, I thought meaning that uh if if a, a seven hundred and fifty uh, one in seven hundred fifty book. If you wanted that book, you had to buy. I mean, the, the cost of the premium is for them to order the seven hundred fifty books, right? Yeah, that's exactly which what is it is. Why, which is why they're not they're not going. So to why would you be on a list? I mean, if if you're paying for the the seven hundred fifty, how much would shipping be to spend to send somebody seven hundred and fifty fucking comic books? Well, I mean, that's their, no, you wouldn't you wouldn't be getting the, you wouldn't be getting the comics. You're just buying. You're paying three hundred fifty bucks for no, the. But, if, if but Vince, somebody's but, getting the comics, for Vince, right? For Vince, like Vince just said, then why would there be a list if if the if the eighth person said I want that that cover, then they'd order enough for that person to get that cover for that price. And but I thought that was built into the into the well, cost no, of the book. No, I don't think they would because they're not going to take delivery of thousand. You know, right. an extra right. few thousand issues wow. and have to pay shipping on that and all that. I mean, so, so. and that's. List comes. See, I'm lost. I'm I'm confused. Well, that that that's why they do the the variant cover buy-ins. Is that you as a as a retailer, you have to buy X number of Spider-Man 750 issues, whatever, right. to uh, to to get the variant. That's why they do them. Is so you'll up your order and then sell, and then it, it's it makes sense for the retailer because it's like they know they're going to be sitting on an extra hundred copies of this comic that are going to sit in their back issue bins or whatever, where they'll sell as a big lot on eBay, but it makes it worth it because they can sell that one in X number 
variant to to someone on eBay. Well, listen, or we happen shop. to have um, have Christina and and Cameron as uh, listeners, so uh-huh. chime into the forums or send Clarify. us an email to explain to us how yeah. that works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, because yeah, I always thought that the cost of the uh, variant cover is. Just d- dependent on how many books they have to buy extra, and you pay for those books to get the variant. But we'll see, we'll see, right? Yeah, it's so crazy. I th- My but- I think- three Wait, before before you guys say anything, I think yep. right now, and I'm going to write the time down. I think right now would be a good time to hear Cl- Chris talk to B Claymore. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, it's a little it's a little chit chat that I had with uh, with Claymore, who's uh, an old buddy of ours and has uh, uh, a long awaited and anticipated project with uh, Tony Harris coming out from uh, DC, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. So uh, here's my talk with B. Clay Moore. Take it away, Christopher. Yeah. Hey, Clay, how you doing, man? Hey, Chris, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? That's good. Good to, good to hear uh, from you. I know that we uh, we missed each other in New York. I sat out this year, but it sounds like, uh, sounds like you had a good convention. Uh, yeah, uh, outside of the convention floor, everything was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a little, it was a little too much humanity on the actual con floor um, to to make the rounds as much as I would have liked to. But, but it, you know, it's always good to see people in New York and touch base with friends and collaborators. Yeah, absolutely, it's uh, the, the 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 Yogi Berra quote: "Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded." That's yeah, that 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 may be true. <laughs> they may have oversold a little this year, but they, you know, it's good. There's interest, and a lot of people were enthused to be there. So it, it's great to it's great to see people uh, enjoying the meeting. And you have some new projects to talk about, including the much-awaited Whistling Skull, which uh, this is this is a project that I know has been percolating in your brain for a long time, and now it is uh, coming to DC as part of the uh, uh, Liberty Files uh, canon. So, you know, kind of tell us about the the history of, of this project and, uh, and and what we can expect with it. Well, it's something that um, Tony Harris initially pitched to me um, quite a while ago um, as a as a creator on book that that he asked me if I wanted to co-create with him and collaborate on. Um, and original, the original title was "The Further Adventures of the Whistling Skull and Breakfast," um, which it, that's all he told me initially. It rolls I, right off the tongue. Well, I, he just asked me if I wanted to co-create a book with that title, and I just said, "Yeah." I mean, I didn't even, I, I just, and I guess he. Um, he people had pointed him in my direction because it's it's sort of a pulp, uh, vaguely noirish kind of thing. Um, this particular chapter of the character's history is set in the forties, um, and really matched up my with with my sensibilities. Uh, and so I came on board very early in the planning. And the two of us kind of hashed it out, created the universe together, uh, um, the original universe, um, mm-hmm. created the characters, and realized that we had a pretty pretty similar vision. We came up with a shared vision for, for the concept. Um, initially, it was just a standalone character in his own universe, um, the Whistling Skull. He's a generational hero. Um, he's the seventh in the line of Whistling Skulls. He has a sidekick, <laughs> he has, he has a sidekick whose name is now Knuckles. I, um, and uh, we, we go into the history of the character in the series, obviously, but Knuckles is the son of the previous Whistling Skull. And um, he's sort of... Uh, Sort of a man child. He's not. He's not as developed. Um, you know, his mental capacities aren't quite as developed as they should be. But he's he's uh, he's possessed of fists that are that are like as strong as iron. And, and he's oh, so he's, he's kind of like Mike Norton. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. <laughs> now we're gonna get sued by Norton. Um, but um, 
No, he's, but he's kind of he's sort of the moral compass of the book, so to cool. speak. Uh, but it, so we had this story developed, and then um, sort of when it was originally a Wildstorm book, and then when Wildstorm um, collapsed or, or was sort of rolled into put, the DC, put, put to bed, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when um, I mean, obviously, really, the only difference is that the stuff that might have had a Wildstorm tag is now DC proper. But mm-hmm. um, we knew we were going to move the book over to DC, and Tony suggested rolling in this Liberty Files universe, which he had created with oh, Dan yeah. Jolly um, some 10 years ago. Oh, um, God, the Liberty Files were awesome. And that's, you yeah. know, that's one of the things. As soon as I saw that Whistling Skull had, had kind of been inserted into mm-hmm. into that universe, it, first of all, it's, it's, it looks and sounds like a perfect fit. Well, it is. It, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, this it doesn't feel or seem forced at all. It's like, okay, you know, this is a Liberty Files character. I love, love that universe. And, uh, you know, my only, my only trepidation is that, you know, have enough people read the, the Liberty Files and know about it these days, you know, that, that's, um, I, I'm assuming that it's more than a cult status, um, uh, arm uh, of DC. It's great stuff if you haven't read it. You know, it's you've got yeah. And I mean, I'm a, I I grew up as a huge fan of you know the Justice Society and Golden Age mm-hmm. stories. And and I was Tony, you know, probably the most impactful book on me in terms of a young being a young writer or an aspiring writer was Starman, sure. um, which which James and Tony obviously co-created. Um, so. I was a fan of Tony's. I was a fan of JSA. Obviously, the Liberty Files was right up my alley, and I oh, yeah. loved the the sort of unique spin they put on it. Um, but I think there's there is quite a cult. There, you've got several different things that come together. Hopefully, you've got the, the JSA fans because there's mm-hmm. there's really no longer any sort of wartime um, pre, you know heroic presence in the DC universe. Um, you've got the Liberty Files fans, of which it, there seem to be quite a few of, oh, yeah. and then you know people who people who follow Tony or follow myself or who who are looking for something you know sort of original, um, especially within the confines of DC or Marvel. Hopefully, people that enjoy you know any of those things will will all come together to pick the book up. It, we really didn't have to change. I mean, the story didn't change much once we introduced those characters. It, what it did was it expanded the universe. It sort of Helped me get a better grasp on on how the universe operated, and it gave us access to um, look, put it put it sort of casually. The, the way the way we incorporated the characters is that um, you know Tony had introduced through the Liberty Files initially he had the, the the doppelgangers for the for our man um, Wildcat um, Doctor Midnight. Mm-hmm. That's uh, terrific, but, <laughs> right? Right. In the second series, they really kind of expanded that, and you saw versions you realize that this particular universe had versions of all sorts of different dc characters yeah and 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 for people out there that that haven't it's an elseworlds um story and that's you know i i I always loved the dc elseworlds because it was a way to tell very original stories with well-known characters that you know you know the mythos of a lot of the characters and you're able to explore them outside of the confines of of the regular DCU. I, I thought it was one of the most brilliant things that DC did. So I'm, I'm thrilled that they're able to, right. to, to let you guys go back and, and play in that sandbox. Sure. And, 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 you know, the way, the way I look at it is not so much as an, you know, it's not going to have an Elseworlds tag. The way I look at it is it's just a different stream in the same you mm-hmm. know, large, you know, the same multiverse or whatever. Um, but the way we've kind of incorporated the whistling skull and his, his group of, uh, 
his uh, his I don't know how to put it his his network, um, which goes by the name the Skeleton, is that um, we've established that the Unholy Three, which at the beginning of this book, this book actually takes place before the first Liberty Files book. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the book, we've got the clock, the owl, and the cat, which are you know this this version of the Hourman, uh, Doctor Midnight, and Wildcat. They're the Unholy Three, and we establish that that's one unit of 52 separate units that operate within this universe under sort of one larger umbrella. Um, the Whistling Skull and the Skeleton is one of those 52 groups. So as a writer, cool. that gives me access. And, you know, we touch upon it in this first series, and with luck we'll get to continue. Um, you know, we've actually got kind of an outline we, you know, for a larger expansion of this universe and that we'd love to be able to play with. Um, but even if we just, just play around with the Whistling Skull some more, Understanding the idea that there are 52 different groups, that gives us access to sort of you know, alternate versions of all kinds of characters, from the, yeah. from the Blackhawks to the Boy Commandos to whomever. Uh, and we touch upon some of those in this series. Um, with that in mind, the series is largely about the Whistling Skull, his legacy, the history of the character, um, this particular Whistling Skull's um, initial adventure um, into the field. And... and as we do more Whistling Skull books, that will be the primary focus. Sure. Well, and, and, and it sounds like you can explore the, the past Whistling Skulls. Exactly. There's an entire, yeah, an entire legacy exactly. there, which is, um, you know, if, if, if Tony Harris does one thing incredibly well, it's work on, you know, books with legacy characters. Right. So. Yeah, and, and there's actually a mechanism that we've developed uh, that if you read the book, you'll figure out where this, this, this particular character has access to the memories of the previous Whistling Skulls. <laughs> That's cool. Which, which sort of gives us a gateway to, to take a glimpse at, you know, the skulls that have existed over the previous 80 years or what have you. Eight, um, eight. So the idea really is also this first six-issue series would begin this character's career. And what we'd like to ultimately do is we've got about 40 issues worth of stories we'd like to tell where we follow this character from the beginning of his career to the end of his career. So with luck, we'll get to do that. Um, and again, the Liberty Files uh, aspect is just sort of added color and depth to the universe and, and hopefully a, a hook for readers to... Sure, sure. And, and it gives you a, a really big canvas to, to paint yeah. on, which is, which is neat. Well, that's awesome. Uh, when, does, uh, when does the first book come out? The first book is out December 19th. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's solicited, I, I think, in the current preview, so you've got a couple more weeks to, at the very least, mention it to your retailers and make sure that they're stocking it. I, I, I think... I think a, a Tony Harris book will attract their attention, sure. but get the, get um, that get that DCBS order in yeah. now. So. Yeah, and 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 so everybody knows where Tony. That's the first of this initial six issue run. We're Tony's finishing up the final inks on the sixth issue right now. Nice. So that's it's you know it's going to be by the time the first issue comes out, everything will be will be finished. Dave McCaig oh, awesome. is coloring. Oh, it. nice! He's, he's doing fantastic work. Cool. And the solicitation for the second issue just went online, and that'll be out in in uh, late January. So, right. um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's one of those things that it's taken us a while to get it exactly where it needs to be, but it it, it couldn't be better because of it. If that makes any sense, yeah, it's it, kind of, it, it's, kind of it's, it's yeah, it sounds like uh, it's one of those uh, all things happen for a reason books that that everything kind of fell into place and. That it's uh, that it's part of this larger universe that that it kind of seamlessly you know adds to that tapestry. Yeah. I think is is a really really cool kind of kind of twist of luck there. So that's that's awesome. So what else you have going on, man? It's you always have like eight thousand I- 
ideas and, and projects in the in the pipeline. So Whistling Skull can't be can't be all that you're working on. No, um, the problem is that as I've I've always got creator owned stuff that stretches out forever, so <laughs> I'm always talking about it. But uh, I, I'm on the verge of actually I do have one more DC thing that'll be mm-hmm. out in a couple weeks. Um, ben Templesmith and I did a Batman story that yeah. was uh, initially digitally it was digital first uh, for Legends of the Dark Knight. I think that. It'll be in Legends of the Dark Knight issue two, I think. Nice. Um, but it, it was a three-chapter story digitally, so it'll be self-contained in one single issue. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of Ben Templesmith or mine or Batman, I, I'm, I'm, I, that was one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. And working with Ben, we've been talking forever about doing something together. So, so that that was a lot of fun. I, that'll beautiful. be out sometime in early November. I think. And I, I can put the Chicago stamp of approval on it now because um, uh, Ben is at least living in Chicago right. half the That's time right. now. He's a halftime Chicago guy. Yeah, now, he's, so, um, he's halftime. He only gets two stars out <laughs> of the four. Right. So. That's right. But, so that'll be out in a couple of weeks. That that was awesome. I, hopefully people dig that. Um, and then we're wrapping up the next Hawaiian Dick series. Um, which I is, don't believe you. <laughs> which is, well, and again, because... You know, I mentioned getting things done. We're uh, the artist on this is, is a guy named Jacob Wyatt, who's a phenomenal mm-hmm. talent. Um, we are going to have the book completely finished before we solicit it. So mm-hmm. we're on the last issue now, uh, and I mean that literally. It's not. I mean, it's not. I don't care if we don't have the last page colored. I'm not going to solicit it because. Uh, you know, a tree will fall on Jake and, and, and things will get screwed up. So it's going to be called Aloha Hawaiian Dick. And if you've read the book in the past, it's the, it's the book, it's the series that takes him out of Hawaii. So it sort of wraps up the Hawaiian adventure. Oh, really? Okay. Doesn't mean we're completely done with the character, but mm-hmm. um, I kind of wanted to, to, because it's stretched out over 10 years now, these four series we've done. I wanted, Oh, and they've been fantastic. Well, it's, thank it's, you. It's, it's, I mean, I know, I know that... <laughs> That book is a labor of love for you in a lot of ways. It is, and and it's it's still the book that a lot of people identify me with the most, sure. and, and it has a. Uh, you know, we've put people through the ringer um, over the years, scheduling wise, but it still has a pretty devoted following, and 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 all the time people are discovering the first couple trades, and mm-hmm. and um, so so what I what I want to do is have that those four series that kind of bookend the Hawaiian adventures. Um, we probably need to do a couple trade. I'd like to ultimately put it all into like a big hardcover collection or something. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love it. that. Um, but that, I don't. I don't really have a street date for that. I just. I will. I expect it to be out next year for me. I mean, we have more um, dick coming. That's yeah, the that's important right. thing. That's right. There's and assorted puns. Um, <laughs> it's always the greatest name in comedy. I, I love the Hawaiian Day. No, they're they're great stories. And, and for for folks out there, you know, listening, if you if you have not uh, if you've not ever track down the the Hawaiian deck trades they're fantastic first of all they're beautiful i and i and your your stories are are great and a lot of fun and they're very pulpy and and just of an era but the, the artists that you assembled for those they look amazing well and, and jake um jacob white is uh he is right in line with from from stephen griffin on through mm-hmm. the guys nick darrington and uh, scott chandler the guys that have contributed he's he's coloring the book himself it's mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm elated to be working with the guy, and it's if you have never read Hawaiian Dick, you'll be you'll be able to buy this and enjoy this series. You know, it stands on its own. Um, you know, and, and hopefully it encourages people to, to track down the, the first couple trades. Great, um, yeah. And you know, I, yeah, it is a labor of love. It's the, it, and again, I, I'm reluctant to give up the character, so I don't know that that'll be the end of the adventures uh, all told. But it does sort of. Con- 
clearly and concretely wrap up the Hawaiian. He's not going to turn into like Detroit Dick after this, right? No, he's not going to Detroit, but uh, okay. he, he is headed somewhere else. And, I've, okay. and actually this weekend in, in New York, I was talking to a friend who's a phenomenal artist who asked me why I'd never asked him to do Hawaiian Dick. And I was like, well, we can. There's there are probably more stories to be told. So, so who knows? An- no. Anchorage PI. Yeah. That's, well, no. <laughs> but um, so so we've got that. Um, I'm also I'm also working on a, a battle hymn follow up of sorts, which is oh, another cool. book that a lot, a lot of people pester me about. Um, yeah, you did that with uh, with Jeremy Hahn. And that's, I did uh, that with Jeremy Hahn. This that, is a totally different kind of thing. But, you know, and that's honestly, um, it, it's kind of. It's kind of the the 180 degrees from uh, Liberty Files. It's, uh, yes. but you know, I mean, definitely a, a common common theme there of, of these you know cipher characters for you know what well established and, and recognized uh, characters. Right. It's yeah, Battle Hymn was the first book of yours I ever read. Well, good, sure. but yeah, I'll, I'll just wrap those because people. I don't. I haven't done a lot of podcasts or interviews lately because i've been trying to sort of get stuff out before i did so i will pe- the things people ask me about are battle him doing a sequel with an artist named ben passmore that's set in the early 50s it's a totally different kind of tone but hopefully people will enjoy that i billy smoke which um was people oh will God, remember me, yeah was, was optioned about three years ago by warner brothers yeah with matt when matthew fox was doing lost he was attached uh-huh. to it at the time uh, Eric Kim has just finished that book um, for Oni. Yeah. So we're we're kind of going through it right now. What about and everything? So seventy six. Seventy six. Billy uh, Billy Smoke will be out uh, over uh-huh. the course of the next year. Seventy six okay. is another book that wasn't finished. <laughs> um, we well, are. It was awesome. It was great. I loved it. Ed Tatum and I are finishing uh-huh. that. Seth Peck and Ty Walker, who did half of the book, are uh-huh. finishing their half. And and what we're going to end up doing is releasing each of the two stories from that book um, into trade paperbacks separately. Okay. Um, so the story will be finished. We, we got five issues of eight out. The story is going to be finished in the trade paperback, mm-hmm. which sucks for people who bought the single issues yeah. when they came out. But, but in fairness. But those people are, are old now and retiring. <laughs> They've all quit reading. <laughs> now they can hand this to their children. So, exactly. Um, so they're, all, they're all retirement age now, Clay. <laughs> I wasn't even going to mention 76, but we are actually putting the finishing touches on that. Um, we will have some concrete announcements uh, regarding those two books, which will be called Cool and Jackie Karma, separate yeah. volumes, at the end of this year. So that, that'll be done. Billy Smoke will be out next year. Hawaiian Dick is coming. Um, uh, the leading man that Jeremy and I did at Oni is is still um, in development in play, in yeah. play at Universal Studios, and hopefully okay. we'll have some news about that pretty soon. Cool. Um, they announced uh, the director earlier this year for that. Um, and then on top of that, um, something I just want to touch on mm-hmm. uh, for anybody who's still paying attention. Um, <laughs> I, I'm working on a collaboration with three guys that are close friends and, and terrific uh, collaborators. Uh, Seth Peck, who is currently doing a run on the X-Men, um, who did half of 76 with me. Jeremy Hahn, who we've mentioned earlier, who's currently just doing amazing work on the darkness for Top Yeah, Cow. he's Mr. Top Cow. Yeah, and Alex Grecian, who did uh, proof, proof for yeah. Image and, and just had a New York Times bestseller called The Yard mm-hmm. that came out uh, this previous year, and he's working on more novels. The four of us are coming together with any number of brilliant collaborators to put a project together that will be uh, probably at the end of November we'll be kind of spilling all the details on, but it's, uh, it's something that I, people may or may not remember years ago 
some creators in the region and I put together a group we called Atomic Revolver. Yep, the 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 the, the Kansas City Mafia. Yeah. It was me, Tony Moore, Jason Aaron, Seth Peck, Jeremy Hahn, Jason Latour. A bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Well, and, we, and the idea at the time was to develop things together and do. Mm-hmm. And we had an anthology planned. And essentially everybody got so bogged down and busy doing different things yeah. and heading different directions that we just never could put it together the way we wanted to. This is sort of a smaller attempt to do something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And we have um, an initial project we're going to launch fairly soon that, that we'll be telling people about. So hopefully – Hopefully, people will keep their eyes open for that. Awesome. So that sounds great, man. It's it's um, you know it's awesome to hear how busy you are because I, I was starting mm-hmm. I was starting to miss you. Oh well, yeah, I know. I've been I've been kind of spent about a year and a half just getting stuff done instead of mm-hmm. um, instead of running my mouth. So yeah, um, so so you've been kind of a, a submarine actually down there working and getting a bunch of stuff um, right. done. So that's cool, man. That's right. All right. 2013 is good. There you go. If we get there, damn yes, Mayans. That's true. And it'll be fine if we don't. I'm fine that would be so your luck. You know, whatever. <laughs> All right. Man, it was, it was good to talk with you. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. So it's good to talk to Clay. Uh, looking forward to uh, the Whistling Skull, and he's uh, got the story with uh, with Ben Templesmith, which is going to end up in the pages of the Dark Knight, and and then uh, more seventy uh, six and Hawaiian Dick, and uh, working with more of the the KC Mafia. So lots of lots of fun stuff coming up from Clay, who's uh, one of my favorite people in comics, and uh, it's always always good to always good to talk with Clay and hear what uh, what he's got going so there cool. you go can we answer one more um or a couple more tweets say, that, sure. that's why we're doing yeah. it right i i this one's just specifically for me and it is no 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 no. it is Here's holiday it it's holiday specific it's from uh ryan wing and uh he says who's your favorite comic book horror host mm. and what what makes a good one well my my favorite is cousin oh. eerie yeah, cousin, cousin, cousin Eerie has always been my favorite because uh, Uncle Creepy was a nasty bastard, but Cousin Eerie looked like well, you always got the feeling that Cousin Eerie was doing something really despicable. Like he kind of looks like a child molester, uh, like a nasty ass mother. Where uh, Uncle Creepy was just evil, Cousin Eerie was like devilish he would do something really nasty but the thing was and this is where it dovetails into the second part of his question what makes a good horror host um they never really fleshed out exactly what made uncle creepy or uncle yeah uncle creepy and cousin eerie tick vampirella yes because she had her own stories and when she introduced the the horror stories when she was just in a in a introductory capacity you knew who she was because you read her adventures in the stories in the front of the book right but cousin eerie and uncle creepy no they were just floating heads that were were like ghoulish and 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 horrific and you know they were bad because they're not pretty to look at right do you Um, do you you think of them as being wildly different from the crypt keeper no that's the thing even even the crypt keeper and the old witch and the vault keeper they they weren't really fleshed out And, and and i would say that the the most the most um, vivid horror hosts of all time, and I'm not going on a limb with this because I basically, this is the facts, were Cain and Abel. 
There, there has never been a company anywhere that has mm-hmm. fleshed out their horror hosts like DC did with Cain and Abel. Those, those oh, sure. two, yeah. and and that was even before they appeared in in Sandman. Uh, in House of Mystery, they were actually characters. They would appear in stories as themselves and interact with like uh, the fates and the witches and and eerie. Uh, no, listen to me, eerie. Um, it, you know. Abel was the punching bag to Cain, and that's mm-hmm. biblical. I mean, it doesn't get any older than that. And they just played upon that story. But I mean, they were they were really fleshed out characters. Whereas, I mean, every every company has a horror uh, had a, a comic book horror host, but they were just placeholders. You know, it's not hard to to write a you know, oh, you kids are going to be scared, <laughs> and then he just introduced the story. It was all in the drawing, really, right? But uh, yeah, I'd say Cain and Abel were were the the uh, the best all time best horror hosts ever. What do you think? <laughs> Did you agree? Yeah, I, I yes. can. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm, yeah, I I feel unqualified to answer that question. Well, the, you know, there's there's not a whole hell of a lot to pick from. Uh, Elvira. Yeah, but she's more of a. You, you see, you, you got the personality personality of Elvira because she pe- appeared in the stories. You know, it's she, was, she was she was a character. Yeah, yeah. There's Vincent Price, and there's, there's just a ton of them. Um, Captain but, Kangaroo. Uh, they're all ciphers for each other. Even the Crypt Keeper. Uh, the Crypt Keeper on TV was way more uh, personable and and uh, way more of a character than he ever was in the comics. Yeah. But yes, so Ryan Wing, thank you for asking me that. It's it was a very good question because it was appropriate for the season, right? There we go. Who, so what else we got? We have a lot of wow! I didn't realize how many people ask us questions. Jesus. Ah, um, they love so it. our our man Jason Farrell uh, wants to know what's the most recent prose book we read besides Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, jeez! Wow. I don't even know. What, the most recent prose book? What is that? Is that when they have like words bumped up together? With no pictures. Next, yeah. next no to pictures. each other with no pictures. No pictures, though. Oh. I have no freaking idea. Like, like, like fiction, right? I mean, nothing like. Uh, you said prose. It doesn't, didn't doesn't say it? Yeah, it doesn't have to be fiction. fiction or nonfiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Boy, that's this. That's pretty bad. We can't even think. Well, of no, I. I was going to say, I've, I, I read prose pretty regularly, so... On the uh, regular? Wait, what was the question? <laughs> the last prose book that you... What's the last big boy book you read? Oh, the way... Oh, um, I read an... I'm sorry, I was peeing. Um, <laughs> I, I had a couple PBRs I had to get uh, rid of. Um, no, I read an awesome Western that Marta had turned me on to um, called The Sisters Brothers, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Loved it. Um... If you if you are a fan of uh, of westerns and more of the uh, kind of modern take on the western kind of if you think uh, the Unforgiven but uh, you know that that's not even uh, probably a, a, a great comparison uh, the Sisters Brothers it was a phenomenal novel cool I am uh, I'm, I'm I keep putting it down picking it back up I'm currently going through. Um, while we get fat and what we can do about it and I am in the wings thank you in the wings I have um, Marvel Comics The Untold Story yes I want to read that do you have the regular copy or the digital 
I'll probably be getting the digital because there isn't anything special in the print. There are no pictures or photos or how, anything how much really. Is the digital? So, how much? Uh, from iTunes, from iBooks, it's twelve ninety nine, and it's about the same price from the Amazon Kindle version. Nice. Wow. I guess um, alter ego and draw count, right? No. No. Those are my implications. Not even reference. not even back issue? That doesn't no. count? That's no. prose? No. It's not. It's, no, um, it's novel. I damn. just finished, uh, maybe about a week ago, uh, Storm of Swords, which is uh, the third of the uh, of George R.R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. Oh, nice. Uh, and, and I'm starting tomorrow, uh, assuming I get the book as planned, um, the Twelve, which is the second book by Justin Cronin, here at the Passage. This is the sequel to that. I loved the Passage very much when it came out, so um, I will be reading the Twelve you know, over the next week or two. Wow, post-apocalyptic baby. You love that. You really you know, do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got the Road is on my list um, of of well, that is one of my favorite. I think books I of all own time, the Road. So. I still haven't read it. And it, and it, it is it highly, highly depressing. So be in a yeah. good mood when you read it. I think that's why I have it. Hmm? It'll ruin that good mood. I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's, it, there, there, it's a very bleak book. I mean, I, I, it's, it, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's certainly in the contention for a top five of my favorite fiction novels of all time. So I love it, but it's, uh, it's very bleak. I have I, the, the last, the last prose book I actually read start to finish is uh the deputy by victor gishler and it 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 was it was very much the um in the uh dwayne Straczynski wheelman severance package type of of um i love the wheelman the wheelman is awesome it's one of my favorites the blonde is fantastic that whole little series is is great stuff um but i i have a serious serious problem with starting novels and and not finishing them and and before the deputy and Swarzynski stuff, the last one may have been American Gods when it was first published. I haven't. I just I I start a book. I mean, I did it with um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm 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 a hundred crushes me. Pages in. I, you just no, made I, me I, weep. But it, no, I but it's <laughs> it's not. Be, I just I put it down. I'm not. I, I didn't say get this crap away. Oh, but the me. fact that you could put it down without finishing. I it just know. I know. I don't know what else was going on. I don't know if it was work related or I don't know uh, what was going on that had me put it down. But I have, I have it. I have big ass thick all in one collection, and and I have the uh, the first book digitally. So I mean, I do want to finish it. God, uh, read them, David. It it's so it's such it's such a product of the 1980s and just the. And it was funny. It was what he was trying. I I was digging it. I dude, I, I have the tattoo on my arm. You know how I, I could have lied, but I didn't. I didn't. No, that's true. You kept it real. I could have lied, <laughs> but I did. So I just I I, I I don't know why. I don't know if it's. I wish I knew why. It's not even attention span or anything like that. I don't know why I just stop reading a book and and take get back to it. I hate that. I because re- I do that all the time too. I'm just looking at my shelf. I have a bookmark in Dune. I have a book. <laughs> no, really. How many I times have you a- read Dune though? Well, uh, two, three times, yeah. Uh, I have I have a bookmark in Piers Anthony's Macroscope, which is a friggin' excellent the book. Only I only read one Piers Anthony book. He's will, amazing. He's amazing. He is. Writer. He is. I will tell you what it is in a minute. Wow. I think the book I'm looking on my shelf here, the the because I'm uh, the last few years I've bought mostly you know Kindle books, but but um, Detective the, Kindle. The only book I'm seeing here that I definitely haven't finished yet 
and that, but I I don't know why, and I will, is uh, Under the Dome, Stephen King. It's a big ass book, mm. though. Yeah, I, I just got away from it and haven't gone back to it, which means I pretty much have to start over at this point. So, oh, Super Gods. That's the last book I read. Oh, see, that's oh, another one I started. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm just I got Will, Will, Will. I know you're listening. I got I got to send your your Morrison stuff to you because I've got I've got a copy of Super Gods autographed by Morrison for Will. I got to get to him. But that's his copy that he sent you. It is yes. Oh, so nice. Will, I have it. I'll send everything to you. It's safe. Cool, dude. The questions are great and all, but we gotta talk building stories. Wow, I read yeah, it all yeah. yet. Uh, oh, you know what, Jason? God. Yeah, it's like we, we're, we're almost two into it, uh, two hours into it. I would love to talk building stories, but I would like. I think we yeah, should do it when every when everybody's all prepared. I don't want you guys prepared. to do it at the service. You before, people are urinating in my mouth right now. Oh, yes, that's hot. Oh, that's hot. Uh, uh, Vince, <laughs> I believe the. Uh, I believe I'm the smacking the cheek. Wait a minute. <laughs> give, give, give the big old. Uh, but what of Earth? I believe is the Piers Anthony book I read. Oh, that's a good one. It yeah. is a good one. Yeah, I don't think I've read a bad Pierce Anthony's book. Did you guys figure out the reading order for for building? There is no reading order. I don't think there There's has none. to be one. No, it's it can be approached from any direction. That's okay. That's just that's like cool. Vince. That's pretty. That's pretty brilliant. For the record, I read it as was packaged, so I read it from basically oh, the smallest form factor to the largest. Okay, nice. That's, that's pretty that's cool. But you're, you're week, not required to do so. Can no. we can we really get into it next week? Because that would yes. actually people a if chance you guys actually strap one on do your homework and read it yeah <laughs> hey, pal. i can't wait to talk about branford tonight the best bee in the world <laughs> see that's fascinating to me I, I, giving, I find i found those to be the things i was least interested in reading oh in really you didn't like the branford part well something i didn't like it it just it didn't hold my interest as much as the uh the human stuff uh, okay yeah, fine. There, there was a lot of of religious content in the Branford book, so maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that did it for you. Dro- drove me right. I, off F stuff fans fascinates me. Fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we can't talk about that. I guess you fuckers. All right. We can't. But we can talk Walking Dead. Oh, do, well. Okay. Let's let's make an agreement though. Okay. I'm all for talking about this episode in particular because it was the best one of the series so far. <laughs> but but can we not? be a Walking Dead show where we have to talk about every episode every week. Yeah, I agree, with that. I agree with that. That's that's annoying. If we have to talk about it for a half hour every week, that's going to start to annoy me. Oh, we don't want that. But I mean, we haven't in the past talk, talked about it every yeah, episode. Well, Ini- initially, every single episode. <laughs> initially we did, but I, I think as the series went on, we would get like maybe five, ten minutes in. But I mean, the first episode we talked about that for a long time, and True. and you could see it descend. I I I'll just say I, I thought it was a really really good episode, with one exception. Okay, What's I know the what the exception is. I, I, you know what the exception is. I thought the sequence, and this is a big spoiler if you haven't seen um, the first episode of season three. Fast forward ahead, please. I, I thought the sequence in which Herschel gets bit was ridiculous. It oh, was, I agree. It was, it was the epitome of lazy writing. Zombies do not lay in wait. They do not <laughs> pretend they're asleep. They're, they're, they're mindless, unstoppable eating machines. If you're near them, they're going to bite you. And the, for a thing to patiently wait, uh, in, in a, in a suit, in a faux sleeping position implies that the damn thing is a hell of a lot smarter than it should be. Yeah, I actually you know, agree with that. It was it was evocative of the um, 
the like first or second ish episode of the first year where they season. tried to where you climbed over the fence right and yeah, and, yeah right and, right. and, and i'm thinking that, that was a uh a faux pas in the writer's room friggin no zombies that's not zombie traps like they just don't yeah spring out at you they're, they're just if you're there they're coming after you that's how it works and i hate to be like a zombie nerd purist snob. But, You're a zombie no snob. no but there's, snob, o- there's only been snob. one zombie well not one but the, the main zombie in the history of zombie movies that ever had any smarts was bub from yeah. george romero's you know day of the dead and and he was an exception to the rule so if you're going to break the rule make sure that zombie become something like bub or you know but for this zombie just to pretend nah, it didn't it was stupid it didn't work Agreed, but but overall though, I thought the episode was terrific. I really Very thought strong. that yeah. uh, the you know the 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 prison in and of itself, I thought was even in the comic, I thought that was some of the best, if not the best, part of the book's run so far. And you know, you get some Michonne, Michonne, however you say it. Um, yeah, but you you, I thought that I, I call uh, it hot. You know, Vince, it's funny you're right about that thing, too, because the thing that bothered me about that the most is that for so much of the episode, it was focused on what badasses they were about clearing out zombies. Like, they were so methodical about it, and they had become almost like a little mini special forces unit, you know, and were just so efficient at it, and then... They have this think moment. Of, think about like, it, though. How hard would it have been to just tweak that scene in a different direction? It was dark. Herschel's old. His eyes are not what they used to be. You know, it, it was chaotic. They could have had like a, a half body zombie crawling on the floor <laughs> where he didn't see it just reach up and bite him. They didn't have to do this ridiculous, I'm sleeping. You know, that's, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's idiotic. Mm-hmm. And, and it, yeah, I, and I just don't want to sound like a, a tight ass zombie snob, but it was dumb. Robert, it was dumb. Uh, the dude who works for me, who who was looking forward to it, who now has a reason to watch TV Sunday nights that isn't football, he he was heated. He was pissed. Wow! And he was pissed because we did not see them overcome winter. He just wanted to see them. It's like, oh, our winter was tough. It's like. But we didn't. He just he wanted to see how they were going to survive winter with the first. Oh, that's and, interesting. And he just he was just he was he was kind of pissed. He just you know what that really is though. To. That's an investment in the characters in the story. Somebody the the writers or, or the or the guys that are directing these episodes are reaching him to the point where he wants to see he wants yes. them to fill in the right. blanks. Yeah, that's cool. Well, if if well to to your to your underling. If he yeah. really wants to experience that kind of situation, I recommend that he reads Cormac McCarthy's The Road because uh-huh. that is basically the essence of the book of just how impossible it would be to actually survive in a world like that. Now, uh-huh. granted, this is not a um, McCarthy's not a zombie world, but it's a post-apocalyptic world where right. the, sure. the scarcity of food and shelter is still very much there, and the human component of you know people looting and raping and pillaging other people is very much there, and so um, it's mm-hmm. almost like. Um, I feel like I'm talking about Kerouac a lot lately. I don't know why, but it's it's almost like a, a, a an apocalyptic version of Kerouac, and that they spend chapter upon chapter of talking about just the 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 painstaking details of searching for even the smallest scraps of food and shelter, and then on those rare occasions where they come across something, it's like Nirvana, and and just the the idea of even like a can of beans that they can heat up and eat is like euphoria, you know, for a moment or yeah. two. So. You apologizing for talking about well, Kerouac. Like, That's it, not it, something to apologize about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like uh, they're going to go look for dog food in the cabinets. True. Now, what did you think? I mean, Rick's I a they, dick. They, 
I think they, they tried to by by fast forwarding through the winter though they also tried to reset the bar a little bit in terms of characterizations like they've clearly advanced um you know they've clearly advanced the uh sort of the uh emotional maturity and responsibility of of some of the characters I thought yeah. um you know, uh, yeah, like can I ask like, a question? Mm-hmm. How how old do you think Herschel's daughter? Before I go into the next part, how old do you think old. Herschel's Herschel's daughter is? A couple years older. Than you mean the young one, the one that's yeah, four um, maybe five years, fifteen. So, uh, all right, I won't go into the next part then. Okay, yeah. I, I'll just I just say Stay they cleaned classy. her up. They they cleaned her up nicely. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> wow, well, they're implying that uh, that he that she, that that uh, what's his name has got a crush on her. Carl, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's the surrogate Sophia. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that she's older in the TV show is interesting to me because it could be make things more complicated, you know, like in the sense that it's the Carl Sophia thing was weird because they really were contemporaries, and so in this world where they had to grow up really fast, you could almost see them kind of like uh, in that strange environment, almost. Becoming a couple, even you know, mm-hmm. although it was asexual because they were too young to really, but in this, this is more of a kid having a crush on his babysitter type of thing. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, but you know, where, you know what they they were doing? They they squashed a lot of Carl's attitude too. He's he's a he's a good soldier now. For from what we've seen in this episode, he does like when he was running with the gun. If he wasn't, if if Rick didn't batter into him, you know the correct procedure in, in which to run with a gun. He's a kid with a yeah. gun. You know he'd be pointing at everything. But no, he was running with it down, doing the proper thing. So he's 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 a an obedient soldier to Rick's commander, which is you. I mean, that's what I saw anyway. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's right. But they also, I think, made him because it has been a few months. I mean, now he's a card carrying member of the group. I mean, he's yeah. Uh, He's yeah, he's got he's, a weapon. He's out there helping him. What a big ass! Zombies. It doesn't it doesn't feel like he's he's a kid being left behind when, right, when they're not Rick protecting him. him with, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and 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 look at Carol getting frisky, trying to, uh, oh, yeah. trying to start something. With How about that? I'll go down first. Yeah, you will. All right. Yeah, she, I don't she'll be all right. So yeah, she'll be all right. She'll be. She's um, what? She's she'll so be all right. Sexy. <laughs> really? I, I think that she has some kind of attractive qualities. Mm. Yeah. Wow. At least she. At least. That's funny. That's funny. No, I mean, she's at least reaction she, to that. She's not. She's awesome. not a sniveling, you know, whiner. She's not she Lori. It's, it's it's like you just brought up Anna Torv. Oh! <laughs> What's wrong with Anna Torv? Maggie. Anyway. Maggie yeah, is Ma- the hot. Maggie's hot. She is. Yes, she, she is. is absolutely. Oh, Go, Glenn. Go with your bad self. You bet. Smack that all over. But um, Lori's still annoying. Extremely Absolutely. annoying. The other thing, yeah. too, is a little weird about this um, is assuming they're going to do at least some of the stuff that happened in the prison during the comic, um, where they're holed up right now, mm-hmm. it's cramped quarters, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a, little, it's a little different if they're be knocking in boots. I mean, everyone else is going to be hearing it. It's like they're, they're right. holding up a little, like, little wing with, with all the cells right next to each other, so. Uh, I mean, it'd be awesome if they all was doing it at the same time. Oh, Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and and that was yeah, that was the other thing. Um, um, <laughs> that's fanfic. Said, that he, he had a I feeling. It's Caligula. <laughs> oh, I as, love it. Uh, as soon as Laurie was going on, carrying on about the baby, talking to Herschel about it, Joe had a feeling that um, 
nothing good. Being the only doctor. Dude, can we please just hurry up and get her off the show? Please, I'm begging you. Please. You know, there are people at work that are like, oh, what are they going to do? I mean, they're so interested and so so deeply immersed into the show like what are they going to do with the baby it's going to be very hard to take and i i i I, I, I want to tell them i want to tell them you ain't seen nothing yet and uh i I don't want to spoil it i'm trying very no 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 i think i think kirkman has um something to prove and he's going to shock the piss out of you with that episode dude i don't know if they'll allow it on tv i really don't I don't well, if they don't allow that, um, it, it, it's like you you re, you read the comic, you know he goes in waves of. Oh, so you're cracking up. Yeah, they. I mean, it seems that I I enjoyed the story progression, but it seems as though, at least to me, um, that they were going a little heavy and overboard with with the special effects, with the zombies, with the face rippings, with the. Um, I mean, not, see, I took that to mean. Hey, look, we're so popular now. We have a budget. Well, <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Um, but I have yeah. to say, dude, the riot gear zombies were awesome because you forget that like there should be there should be types other types of zombies, and it wasn't like a thing where all of a sudden they had like superpowers and it got cheesy. It's just that they died while they had riot gear on, so they would be that much harder to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, Maggie, which is great. On it. Maggie stabs the dude in the neck, and she's like, "Did you see that?" And I'm like, "Oh shit." She's just gonna want to go down on some. On she's gonna want to have sex with Glenn on the top of some zombie corpses. <laughs> Get in where you rot in. Indeed. You want to wait a minute? That's indeed, you is. Is you is or is you ain't my baby? Well, here's a. Why don't we're waiting for Vince? Um, why don't we uh, do another question? Uh, sure. Let's see here. Um, hold on. I have to go. I'm I'm looking at my replies, but we should go to the EOC. The little uh, yeah, there you go. Let's see. Um, this week you cats have me thinking of Steve Rude Legends, wow. and right. with the TV show Arrow, I'm oh I I'm wishing to reread Longbow Hunters. All right, that's not a question. Okay. Um, I was gonna say. Hunters doesn't have a whole lot to do with Steve Rude. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Uh, Bob Gar wants to know. Of course, it's for Vince. So, uh, have you ever read from Wonderland with Love, a Danish comics anthology? No, I have not either. I have it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Uh, we already talked about Marvel now. We already did that one. A lot of questions for Vince. Everyone loves Vince. I think they do. This but Jason, if I <laughs> am I crackly? No. Uh, no. The the reason why you're seeing massive special effects is because Greg Nicotero is is uh the K and B dude. He's he's uh one of the big muckety mucks of Walking Dead, so that's why you'll uh, he's probably got it written into his contract. Well you have to have X zombie attacks per episode with this much special effects. Right, but don't you think though that they, a, I mean don't I mean, you agree that it seems like guy. they have a much bigger budget this, this oh, year? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought I thought the the, the whole face Ripping thing with the helmet was just overkill. Uh, but hey, people like that, right? You got to play to the audience. Electric Mayhem would like to know how Chris can choose between his beloved St. Louis Cardinals and EOC. Ten to one odds that the TV is on in the background at Chris's house. Oh, it's on. It's yeah. on. No, uh, the game's over. They won three to one. So you go, <laughs> Chris. But. Chris Campbell. Uh, well, it says me, Vince, and Jason. 
so you guys actually like reading comics on a screen. Crisp, sure, but not easy on the eyes. Um, true. I, I, I have to say, you know, I don't – maybe it's – I have not felt that I suffer from eye strain on a, on a tablet. It doesn't um, – Same here. I actually you know, I know think it does bother other people, but it, it just doesn't seem to bother me. So yeah, I have I do not like reading comics and never did on like my smartphone. I find that just annoying. Sure. I don't like the panel by panel thing. But uh on a tablet, you know, as we've talked about, I mean uh, a reader like Comic Seal, it's pretty much almost identical to reading a comic. It's the same size, it's it's visually beautiful, it's so I think it's great. I can't really read comics on on the laptop or computer screen, but the tablet, I, it's, it's just, I mean, it, it's just more natural. It's in your hand, just the same yeah. way a comic would be, and it's just, you know, you're reading the page. So yeah, it's, I, it's Tom Hanks and Big come to life. I prefer it actually to reading. Yeah, God forbid, I, I prefer it to reading paper because uh, of the uh, illumination. Uh, you, you get yeah. the, you get the oh, exact yeah. colors, the way the people who laid them down intended. It was, it's, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a uh, a name drop here. Do it. Um, one of the cool things about going to Morrison Con is that I was able to talk to J.H. Williams III about um, about color and reproduction and his and and how, especially for an artist of his caliber, how the printing process isn't always forgiving to mm-hmm. the quality of the art that that he produces both from you know his pencils and and inks all the way to to colors and he and he and dave stewart work really closely on on colors and he does a lot of the coloring as well as stewart does and you know we know i've i rail on it all the time is that you know comics by their nature are, are pretty disposable and then you have a guy like J.H. Williams, who is an incredible fine artist, who has made his way into into the comic book medium. And digital represents his work so much better than the crap ass, sure. horrible printing of of mainstream, you know, periodical comics. And so yeah. I think I think that's a big big plus for digital comics. Is that you're getting to see the artist vision in a much, much clearer, crisper way? Now, there's mm-hmm. n- there's never ever going to be any re- replacing that the the tactile experience of um uh, of of holding a book in your hands. But unfortunately, we all can't have like Hellboy archive editions for our comics. Nor nor should they be. But there's some of them that you know you you want to you want to experience as the artist intended and unless you are seeing it it digitally you're not going to you're not going to get that that representation truth well here's a good one from leaf from our man dan Dan. um i got some photography questions for him i'm going to shoot there you go it's timely if you guys were in the walking dead tv show who would you be Hmm. Uh, I think the Riot Gear Zombie would be a good way to go. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I would say that... Um, I'm saying Glenn because I get with Maggie. I was just going to say that. You, <laughs> wow, why you took you my dirty, answer? Uh, you dirty old man. Well, I, I'll uh, say Carl. <laughs> oh, I'm also a dirty old man. <laughs> Herschel's leg. <laughs> Spin-off show. Herschel's leg. <laughs> they just have the leg. Dope, the, dope, uh, dope, dope. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no. I well, I mean, 
Daryl's the cool dude, but um, I'm waiting for fucking Merle to come back. No, I love David it. be T Dog. I love T Dog. Shut up. They. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love reading like Michael Rooker's tweets when the show's going on and everything, and he's like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And I'm like, "Motherfucker, you ain't been in it in like 40 episodes." That's Speaking right, of Michael Rooker, still you see he's him. begging to be uh, Rocket Raccoon in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, oh that's awesome! Yeah, that would be. That good. is fabulous. Yeah. yeah. You but know what I, I gotta um, say about Andrew Lincoln, though? Just, just briefly. If they do the whole thing in the like uh, Kirkman did with the telephone after the fact, he's going to really have to step up because the man's not that hot of an actor. <laughs> I mean, he's he's okay, but he's really going to have to bring it next season if they do the the whole "oh, mom crazy," you know. True. True. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, let's see. He's talking about the TV show, so we have to stick to that, right? Okay. Right. So, um, hmm, I would be. Um, I would be the dad that we meet in the first season. That uh, Morgan. The, yeah, exactly. That's cool. That would be him. And then I would off myself after my son turned into a zombie. Um, Chris would be Merle. Uh, Asshole. Because he hates black people. Vince, Vince would. I be, hope you are Morgan because we all know what happens to him. Vince would be Sophia. Because uh-huh. everybody loves him and would search for him far and wide, not believing for a second that their precious Vince That's pretty could be good. dead. I like that. Um, and uh, and Dap would be. Um, I'd rather be um, Andrea. Dap would be. Um, uh, what's our man? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, T Dog. T Dog. No, no, no. They got like a bit this week. Herschel. Herschel, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Why, Why am I Hersh- dropping knowledge and protecting people? Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Yeah, and believing in Jesus. Oh, you know, just like David. That's all I gotta kill the zombie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Locking oh. up Renee and and your oh, your oh, your your brother in a in a, in a barn. <laughs> both, of, both both of, both of my brethren in Putnam Valley. <laughs> Help me, Jesus! The zombie bit my fucking leg. Zombie <laughs> again. <laughs> it's if there is if there is a heaven and hell we're going to hell. I, <laughs> speak for yourselves. Uh, I am Vince, going to be I'm the king Vince, of hell. Uh, I will rule. But anyway, taken. <laughs> I can dethrone. Him. <laughs> but <laughs> don't you watch South? Do. Don't you watch? Don't you watch South Park? I'm no. not getting in bed with Saddam. I, All right. I, to, I, I have no intentions of answering this one, but Flippa Dippa is a sick bastard. He wants to wants us to play F Mary Kill with the other three hosts. No, uh, no. that's that's that, silly. No, never, ever, ever. No, I didn't we, say we. I said we wasn't. We were going to do it. Yeah, I just think it's I, funny that he asked. Grow uh, up, Thunder. Oh no, don't be nasty. Thund, Thunder Duck three sixty says Uncle Scrooge is the shit son, and I will say yeah yeah you're right. Uh, what else we got? Bob Gore says he's drinking a little something, something ale. I know. Oh, like, uh, something ale. That sounds awesome if it's real. You know, one of the, one of the one of the cool things about uh, about Morrison Con is um, uh, one of the one of the staff out there, Ash, and I are going to start doing um, uh, beer swaps. Oh, so cool. yeah. Our, our boy Jay Tomio wants to know if we've peeped the Escalator Collection, and if not, why do we hate Brandon Graham? Honest to God, I read that one. I was like, dude, we've talked Brandon Graham up yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. He uh, should know. He's always on the only one that hears. I was going to save this for uh, for in your travels, but I'll say it now, especially since I made my um, 
I funded my first Indiegogo project the other Did day with the, uh, with the Steve Rude sketchbook. Oh, um, right. And, uh, and I saw this at the same time because, um, it's all good. Sam also mentioned it, but this is a, uh, little Canadian project called True Patriot, mm-hmm. a comic book anthology featuring Canadian superheroes written and drawn by some of your favorite, with a U, Canadian comic book creators. You have... Um, Do we have favorite Canadian comic book? Well, we have, we have Adrian Alfona from Runaways. Ah. Jay Bone. Jay Bone. Jay Bone. We have uh, some guy named Tom Fowler. I like him. Uh, Ramon Perez from A Tale of Sand. Ron Salas. Mr. Uh, Jeff Lemire. Well, he's not on this, but Jay Torres. Oh, I thought uh, we were just talking about Canadian creators. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just I'm going by the people who are actually in this anthology. Um, Brandon so Graham. It's it's uh, it's Indiegogo.com slash True Patriot and uh, and and take a look at what some of the the I items. find it infuriating that someone that's not American would name a book True Patriot. There's no such thing if you're not an American. American. Oh, Commie yeah, bastards. No, don't that's do that. Man. That's not even funny. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, um, <laughs> dude relax. You relax. Me? Chill. I, I did two Indiegogos to date. Just two. You guys are back in Indiegogos, huh? Don Rosa and Don Rosa. i got to be honest. The Indiegogo thing bothers me. It does. As I, as I see the flexible funding. and, and I don't like that. Yeah, either. that's jank. I don't like that either. You know, I, I, speaking I, of, I, went, I wanted to get your go, – go ahead, but I want to come back to a Kickstarter uh, thing. Uh, I didn't back the root thing until the other day, and that was after I, had, I saw that it was funded, and it was a go. And actually, I just got the confirmation email that uh, that the post office has received my um, the shipping information. Well, so, that's cool. So yeah, thinking, I guess I just for people that don't know what we're talking about, the the main difference as I discern it from Indiegogo and Kickstarter is that Indiegogo you can you can do the same thing a campaign but you can accept the money without it being completed. So if you're trying to raise eight thousand dollars for example but only raise five, you can keep the five and and just go about your business and that doesn't w- sound right. No, the thing I don't like about that is if you need eight and you genuinely need eight to print the book and you only raise five and you got my five where are you getting the other three from, right? Do I get to wait for two years right, while you right. try and scrounge up another three? So that's why I'm nervous about that. And, I, and I'm particularly interested because there's a couple failed Kickstarter campaigns that are now on Indiegogo. Um, most notably, the thing that, I, I mean, Kurt Busick must freaking, I, I don't know if, if he's like, I don't know what his deal is, but he is just pimping the hell out of that Garlic's book. He pimped the hell out of the Kickstarter Oh, Leah Hernandez, yeah. Yeah, and he's pimping the hell out of this one. But, um, it, you know, it, it came nowhere close to getting funded on Kickstarter. And now it's on Indiegogo, and I just exact same thing. Like it's like I have no problem if someone wants to back it, but I'd be nervous. I mean, if they don't raise their what they want, I'd be nervous that you're not going to get the book, you know. And then what? So I think we're in a lull with Kickstarter because um, no, I just backed a ton mm, of stuff in the last couple of days. I don't know. For me, dude, there's I mean, a new anthology that's right up your alley. It's all about December twenty first, two thousand and twelve. It's an anthology all about the end of the end of the world. Uh, send it to me. Send it to me. But I mean, it, it started off really strong. You had Sullivan Sluggers, and you had the Secret Prison Seven, uh, the Tome thing, right? Monster Box uh, or Creature Box, and 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 then there was like the D- Doug Ten Naples sketchbook. I, now I it's, this close to, 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 to the Doug Ten sketchbook is current, so you can't act like that's an old. That's current. Right, well, I, yeah, I, but I backed that a while ago. But I'm just saying, it just listed a month ago. Shut up. I think I, do, I, I will just, be. <laughs> I just seem it just seems like now it's been a lull. There's nothing really attracting my interest. Maybe I just looking in the in in the wrong spots. But I was going to say I backed uh, before, after, and in between, which is the comic anthology about the end of the world. 
I backed um, I backed a, uh, a a Pern anthology the other day. Porn, really? Mm-hmm. Where? Uh, Send me the link. I backed uh, Mar- Monster uh, Mar- Martin Monsterman, which is a graphic novel about a, a kid that can turn into different monsters. Uh, I backed Home of the Ooh. Brave, which Joe is Casey uh, better be uh, getting the lawyers ready for that one. Oh, stop! Hey, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> You're crazy. Um, I backed uh, Ted Tabzu. Tabzu, I backed thanks to Dap. He sent. I saw that. I backed Hotel Noir, the uh, movie with yes. Yeah, I did too. Um, I backed The Bear, which is a um, actually in the in the book section. It's an illustrated children's book, but I I, I got two copies: one for my kids and one for. Uh, our um, our good friend who's about to have a baby, um, Stegman's thing just finished up. The I draw comics sketchbook. Yep, getting that. Last furnace is just just finishing up. Which yeah, that one my. I gotta pick up today. my page from from Ryan. Yeah, so dude, I, mean, I don't know. I think you're just because yeah, you're a little dude. I don't think uh, this uh, titty time. Did you see this uh, erotic comics by Amanda Amanda? Le- well, I'm not yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. It's pretty raw. Speaking so, of Sullivan Sluggers, I got the. Um, did you get your Comicsology copy? Because that was yeah. we have like a four day window to do it. So yes. yeah, I got I got my digital and loaded up on the old iPad there. How's it look? I'm, I'm gonna wait. Great, looks great. Um, I just I glimpsed through it quickly. I like Vince. I don't want to read it. I want to have the book in my hands yeah, to read. True. Well, here here's a a Kickstarter thing that uh, uh, actually Kevin Mellon had had posted something on on Twitter. Talking about the uh, the goon animated feature Kickstarter. Oh and, yes. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I'm passing on that. Yeah, there's a, and there's a big thread on that in our forum, by the way. Yeah, it's and where's the forum, David? Ooh. com slash forum or eleven o'clock comics dot com. There are times so, when I am so proud of Chris. I know that was one of them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's your guys' take on having a Kickstarter for a finished product that is not is not guaranteed to get to the backers, a and is not even a product. It is it is the second step in selling something to a studio. Yeah, it's, well, the, it's the thing. And, and go go to the forum, read about it, and 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 drop your drop your opinions there. But but real quick, what what is your guys' opinion of the the goon animated Kickstarter? My opinion is they'll get not a dollar from me. Yeah. Same, but mm-hmm. I, I guess. But I say that with one important caveat, which is that the beauty of Kickstarter and why I continue. And I had dinner with uh with Ron this mm-hmm. week, and uh you know Ron is decidedly on a different side of Kickstarter than 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 I am or we are. And we talked a lot about it. And um, the reason that I am, I continue to be a ardent supporter of Kickstarter is it's a meritocracy. If 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 the project doesn't have enough interest because they're not offering enough value, it won't get funded. So even if in a case like this, it, you know, I, it's not something that I would give a dollar to because I, I think it's ridiculous. But I don't begrudge them attempting it. And if you know what, if they get it funded, then that means that there were enough people that it was worth it to. So, like to me, I think. It's if I'm rooting, I'm rooting that it doesn't get funded because I think that it's that not, would argue me that not, like it's, it's yeah, it's not in the spirit of what Kickstarter is, right? And, and especially when you have people like Clancy Brown and Paul Giamatti attached to it already, yeah. Like I'm sorry, I mean I'm not to say I know anything about the movie business, I clearly don't, 
Um, so I don't want Gabriel to yell at me and hear if I say something here, but, but, um, I just think if you have those caliber of people attached to the film and you can't get a movie real funded, well then maybe it's not meant to be. I mean, and that's just where I stand. Like if, if this was like, I can only compare this to the Carlo Gugino Hotel Noir. The difference between these two is that for the price of a Blu-ray, I'm getting the movie complete. Like I'm actually receiving the movie. Yeah. And it's a fully finished feature-length noir film with Carlo Gugino for the price of what I would have paid for Blu-ray when it came out. Yeah. That's value. It's just like with comics. You know, am I willing to spend thirty bucks for a hardcover when I could probably get a similar hardcover for, you know, sixteen if I got a discount from DCBS? Yeah, because that's just a choice of I'm paying full retail to support a project that probably wouldn't get funded otherwise. Sure. But would I pay thirty bucks for a PDF and a postcard? No. Now, other people might. There's been lots of projects I haven't backed because I haven't liked the rewards, but they've gotten funded. Like um, even the um, the uh, the Top Cow Cyberforce. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I personally felt like fifty bucks for a hardcover of Cyberforce that's going to be not in my hands for eighteen months for a comic that I can get for free through Diamond anyway wasn't worth it. But you know what? It got funded, so enough people saw value in it. So. More power to well, you know, and and that's and maybe this is just for for me the spirit of Kickstarter is about giving the little guy a chance to crowdsource something, and it's kind of what you you know kind of alluded to. You've got you've got some big name actors and a a big name director attached to this. I don't feel like this is you know rooting for the little guy to get his project off the. You know, off the runway. I mean, these are these are big rollers that are asking for a substantial amount of money from people. And you yeah. know, I'm not I'm not saying that that David Fincher has a you know a spare four hundred thousand laying around his house. But then again, I think David Fincher has a spare four hundred grand laying around his house. Well, and again, it's it's you just said I, you would, didn't I say would be that. really curious. I would be <laughs> then really I backtracked and said I did. Yeah. To hear from people that do know the movie business. So let's say anybody else that I know we have creators that listen that, I mean, obviously Gabriel's in the business, but like other people that might listen that have had movies optioned or TV shows optioned, you know, I know, you know, guys like Rock and so if it, I'd be curious to hear from them what this process of a movie reel is really like, because again, clearly it's a middle step. And it would seem to me that if it really costs 400 grand, um, which is fine, that you're right, David Fincher probably isn't that 400 grand that he's going to put up for it. But again, it's David Fincher. Like you would think that however they normally get this stuff funded, David Fincher has enough sway that they could get this funded, not through him directly, but by him saying, Hey, Mr. Producer guy, what do you think of the goon? And if they, someone was really interested and they bought the rights, they would do a a real. So maybe I'm way off base. Maybe it's a lot more complex than that. And we're over, you know, we're overstating how easy it is to get something like this done. And the thing is, it's it's not, they're not even, they're not even crowdsourcing the finished product. They're crowdsourcing a real that they will then pitch to a studio and, and then hopefully get it made because this is going to be a 60, $70 million production by the time it's done and over with. So that I think is the, is at the, the center of the problem of why it's on Kickstarter is because Kickstarter is supposed to fund finished projects. And this is not ever going to be a finished project through Kickstarter. So, well, and, I, you know, and exactly. And, and that's where everyone has to make their own decisions. There's no right or wrong in terms of what kind of things anyone chooses to back. It's up to them. But like for me, sure. same thing, other than one particular comic that I made an exception for because it's 
sort of a dream project by a good friend of ours. Um, I don't back single issue comics that aren't written yet because same thing. Like I don't, I don't want to give someone money that I don't know for sure the product's ever coming out. You know, I mean, I had an experience very early on in Kickstarter, like the first or second thing I ever backed where the person raised a decent chunk of money. And then, you know, a year later hadn't done what they were supposed to do. And the premise was, Oh, well, you know, um, Life got in the way. I expensive. Yeah, I got busy. Well, it's like, no. no. Well, it's like no, dude. I mean, like we all have our real life. That doesn't keep us from doing our job. Like you took money to do a project that needed to be completed, and you failed at that. And so, again, I just took that as a lesson learned on my part. You know, fool me once. You know, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. So I just don't back projects like that. If if it's not something that's either already complete or something where I'm convinced that a good chunk of it's complete and I'm receiving the completed package within a few months, I don't personally back it. I'm not saying other people need to follow that, but that's how I kind of draw the line. You know, like for me, that's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah. Like, I, I think the incentives on this goon thing are kind of, a, kind of insane. Uh, yeah. Really. Yes. It, it's just a bunch of junk until you donate $2,000 where you get uh, a piece of Eric Powell art for $2,000. Really? Right, I mean, for 150 bucks, you get a poster. Yeah, I mean, great. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's no. I mean, if he really believed in it, um, make all of the incentives original art. Uh, if you donate, you know, mm-hmm. twenty bucks, I'll do, I'll do you a, a killer head sketch. If you believe in this, sell yourself, sell I, your I, talents. I, 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 you know? Not for nothing, but you know, the goon is as critically acclaimed as it is. It's never been a very big seller. So, like, are there even that many goon fans that are dying to see this made so much that they're willing to spend hundreds of dollars uh, just for the shot? He got they, 170. They, they got up to $100,000 after two days. Yeah. Right. And now they're at 137. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to stall. I don't think it's it's going to make the 400,000. I mean, they have yeah, I mean you never know. How many people read the goon? 5,000? Yeah. It's, it's just silly. The, it, the benefits far out, or the, the, uh, the cost far outweighs the benefits you don't get anything really other than the fact that you're helping make a movie or no helping get someone to the point where they may make a movie it's just yeah. silly it's yeah. uh, it's ridiculous so, and and i'm right with you i thought that the uh i thought that the uh incentives were terrible yeah, yeah exactly how about I mean, mike that's... richardson kick into this i mean he publishes the damn goon you know well, I mean, now there again. That's I don't want to take that leap because maybe Mike Richardson has offered to help. Uh, maybe if Mike play. Richardson is smart, we all know he is. He he would uh, dump a bunch of money into this for a stake in the profits. Well, again, I mean, I think you're making who, number one. Who's to say that Eric wants to give up a stake of the profits? And Fuck number him. two, he's be- he's be- begging for money for a trailer. Basically. I don't know. I don't know that that Mike Richardson is. You know, put it this way: I would be shocked if he had even a fraction of that kind of liquidity to help this. <laughs> you said liquidity. No, I'm just saying, like, like Mike Richardson is, I mean, I don't know I if Dark know. Horse is making him a rich man. I don't think he does it to be, you know. Oh, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, but, you know, he probably doesn't have movie money. You're right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could pack it if you wanted. Hell yeah. But that's because well, he's a deep roller. Yeah. No, Cause that's because I'm, I'm in the family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Finally <laughs> comes out. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got here? Uh, you know what? Let's check the time before Chris. Uh, imp- oh, wow! Yeah, we're done. Oh, Lordy Bigordy. we still have to do the in your travels, right? Yep. All right. This I episode. Like, I like those. They are fun. Oh wait! Oh wait a minute. What? David and I have to do this one real quick. David, <laughs> Thunderduck wants to know top five cartoons of all time. <laughs> oh. Um. All math. time. Oh. 
Uh, did you say mask? He did say yeah. mask. Well, Lawrence, okay. recommend. Dude, don't okay. front, Vince. Don't front. Oh, boy. For me, it would be um, Wacky Races. Oh, wow. I was just going to say that, dude. Scooby oh. Doo. Oh, um, in all its incarnations, well, except maybe Thirteen Ghosts, because that was whack. Um, nah, the uh, GI Joe, um, the regular sword. show, and mm, gosh, probably Transformers. See, now I was, yes, I was, I was, I was, I'm so tempted to go movies. I say like Aladdin and Lion King, but I will say Bionic Six. Oh, uh, nice. Forgot about that. Looney Tunes. Uh, like especially the, uh, the, the Chuck Jones era. Um, yes. Adventure Time. Uh, I will say G.I. Joe. If anybody says Ren and Stimpy or, or SpongeBob, you're getting There we go. No, no, no Ren and Stimpy. Oh, what? No, okay. Ren and Stimpy first two seasons. Once Nickelodeon put their hands in it, it got fucked up. As long as John K was working on it, it was Yeah, gold. you're right. You're right. How about Ripping Friends, David? No? I don't remember that as much. It didn't last long. Before your ma- ma- yeah, uh, How about Brothers yeah. Grunt from MTV? Brothers Grunt was freaking awesome. Did not like though. that at all. Really? See, you don't you don't like the real weird stuff. I don't. I really you don't. don't. You know. All right. All right. All right. No. Oh, go go Vince. Go. Go, go. Uh, I was mine. Mine are real easy, real quick. Uh, King features Popeye. Nice, uh, nice. Um, wacky races. Love I, it. J- Jason just tweaked my heart when he said that. Yeah. Uh, Transformers. Nice. I gotta give it up for Adventure Time. That is, it's a magnificent. Yeah, cartoon. it was. I was putting between that and regular shows. I know, I know. And, so I figured you did regular show. I said Adventure Time. And the one you all forgot. Peanuts. Felix the Ca- oh. oh. See, I guess I don't consider yeah. that. Like, yeah, hard. Oh yeah. come on, the peanut special, especially when they go to. I was just thinking the yeah, TV they, shows. They've that's why touched I'm thinking that. Yeah. billions of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Hotel. I must disagree with you. I just didn't consider it in the category because it was. Sit, sit down, sit down, children. Okay. Uh, Max Fleischer, Superman. I was going right. to say that. I was going to say Fleischer, Superman. John, Johnny fucking Quest. Mm. Okay. Um, I, you know what? Two of my production, least favorites. Go ahead. Production design aside, I never liked Johnny Quest. Me neither. Uh, Jason, yeah, let's, like, let's go for three. Let's go for three. Uh, Thundar the fucking barbarian. Yeah, yeah I gotta go with that. It is a great cartoon. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's an awesome cartoon. Uh, and then you got Herculoids. Um, uh, Batman the animated series. That is a good one. Yeah, come on. That's that's a uh, even Justice League Unlimited. Uh, I like them both very much. And hello, challenges the Super Friends. Oh, that is crap. And yeah, no, Marta, what, what is it, Marta? Best show ever. There you oh, go. Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm crap planet maybe. <laughs> <laughs> On the third coast maybe. Oh, oh. <laughs> you, put those you didn't. Oh, no, you did. Oh, no, you did. <laughs> Chris, kick him in the balls. The balls. The balls. My balls. That's about the only comic book stuff I've ever given Marta where she's like sat there and clapped her hands because she was so excited because I gave her the old Challenge of Super Friends DVDs. Wow, she likes that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We grew up cool. on this. But, I mean, come on. I mean, those are – and really, you don't – not digging on Johnny Quest stuff? 
I I appreciate the, the stunning. No, Son I I, I should have uh, said the Metro Saga. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we, no, I didn't even no. Anime, yeah, I no, I didn't even include Ultron. anime. I didn't even. Nah. Think I still didn't go anime. Okay, that's they, yeah. Definitely be with you guys with Racky Races. She would also include the Flintstones. But you guys didn't. Dude, did, wait a minute. I got it. I got to add Star Blazers in there. Yeah, I'm just throwing yeah. Battleship Yamato in there too. Uh, well, that's Star Blazers. Yeah, but let's forget Batman. <laughs> Who's that? Anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Ding dong, ding dong. Oh. Um, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, 35 to 75% off. And in your travels, I got a box from Amazon today consisting of two books. The first one was the collected Neil Adams Batman Odyssey. I can't wait to get into that again. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Uh, and the second one, which I did not read, but I did look through, and I probably will be talking about it, not next week because we're going to do building stories, but the week after, but the second volume of the, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I was thinking about it, uh, I said, wow, man, this second volume came out fast, for the, particularly for this artist who is, is noted for his uh, slow, uh, deliberate pacing on his projects. But no, we talked about volume one back in episode 134. Um, so that's 2010. And I am, of course, talking about the second volume in Charles Burns' Plan Trilogy. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Started out with... Oh, the Hive, yeah. Right. Crossed out or X'd out, which, uh, and this is the Hive. Uh, and I look through it. It is freaky deaky. Oh, man. Stunning, yeah, I can't wait. Stunning art. Stunning, delicious art. Uh, and you, it's definitely, as we said, um, Burns' uh, pornographic take on uh Tintin. And when I say pornographic, I say he basically rapes Tintin for all it's worth and, and invested into his own sensibilities. It's really great stuff. I still claim that it's the product of a lost child. I said that back in volume one. I'm gonna say it again. So we'll see. I didn't read it yet. We'll see when we get into it, right? Uh I'm sure we're all gonna get this, right? Or most Oh of absolutely. Us? It's yeah, it's coming from Amazon. Yeah, it was eleven bucks. I couldn't say no. Cover price. It's Charles. It's Charles fucking Burns, man. I know, but that's not his middle name. I think it's Alfred or something. But uh, <laughs> the, it's twenty one ninety five. But Amazon had it for ridiculously uh, low yeah. price. And um, as we're getting towards the Christmas um, holiday, if y'all want to buy me something on Amazon, I just dump something into my my wish list. Tashin published a uh, six hundred and some page. Uh, retrospective, the complete paintings of Gustav Klimt. You want to buy me that? Nice. You can. I'm, a, I don't care. It, it's, it's 41% off. It's a $200 book you can get on Amazon for 118 bucks. But it's not available for Super Saver shipping because it's a massive thing. Oh, well. Yeah. That was a deal breaker. Well, no, it's only $3.99 for the shipping. I added it to my card already. So, I'm, I want well, it. I want that, it so bad. <laughs> well, speaking of that, um, I will have the thread up soon so people can start getting track of their 11-0 Kloskers. Yes. Um, but the other thing is I'm sure that, uh, well, I'm not sure, but I'm assuming that Dr. Teeth is going to be uh, yep. handling the gift exchange again this year. And the holiday season is quickly approaching. Indeed. So to uh, people out there, start thinking about you know, like maybe setting aside some books that you might be wanting to share with people, give out, whatever. And also, it's one, uh, it's one of your all's fucking turn to send shit to Australia this year. 
truth. Oh. And 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 to my co-host, if you would like to make sure that your wish lists are updated on Amazon, so oh, that means Chris, when you, if you need a new shucking knife, or Vincent David, if you need new <laughs> comics, please let please do. I need a new lens for my camera. Oh yeah, oh, I'm buying geez. a camera. This this uh, this Black Friday, my uh, my uh-huh. quests are a. Uh, a nice. new flat screen for the for the media room and a uh, and a a a, a sweet sweet ass camera cuz i'm sick of seeing all these other parents having these like zoomed in pictures of my kids playing sports and me having like like i'm in a freaking tunnel 50 yards away so who have you who have you come to for advice on camera purchases no one Dan. yet because i just Dan. told my wife last night yeah. you know what Come back Friday, I'm buying us a camera. So uh, if you would like uh, to offer some advice, by all means. You need to talk to Dan, Leifenstech Dan. He has great camera advice. And for you, sir, you, sir, I think he would probably agree that you should probably look at um, like the Panasonic Lumix GX1 would be a perfect, a perfect camera for you. It's small, but it's a, a mirrorless camera and is going to give you... Uh, DSLR-like results in in a pretty compact body. So it's going to be just do, do, do you work for Panasonic, Chris? I definitely. That, that was want, a pretty smooth pitch. I want a camera with uh, with ex- interchangeable lenses. Yeah, that's exactly it, it's it's it's, a, it's the Micro Four Thirds system, so you can put everything from like a a, a twenty millimeter uh, portrait lens to a telephoto lens, but okay. Any of those will be small enough to fit in your wife's purse or your jacket pocket. So it's not, you know, I love my DSLR. I love my Canon 60D, but it does get a little bulky to carry around sometimes. <laughs> this is going to be smaller. You're going to be able to take it to, to uh, soccer practice, whatever, and okay. take really good pictures with it, like like serious, like photojournalist quality pictures. All right, I sweet. think you're moonlighting. If Panasonic wants to fucking send me one, that would be great. There you go. Well, somebody did ask in the thread this uh, Twitter feed uh, whether or not David's uh, getting kickbacks from Comixology. I wish. <laughs> yeah, but half the of them go no. to uh, whatever. Let's not get into it. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's, it's um, 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 hit up Dan. He'll give you great, great camera advice. And which, speaking of, uh, there's the... Uh, photo a day thread at yes. the forum, which is usually where you'll find me these days. In your travels, mm-hmm. right? Oh, um, yeah. I was going to talk about it tonight. Um, I'm going to talk about it next week. Uh, Andy Parks has done some amazing work uh, on Lone Ranger over at IDW or not I, at Dynamite. Um, Dynamite. Ah. But there's two trades out there. There's uh, the death of Zorro, which was his first uh, his first uh, story with the character, and had some uh, obviously a great Zorro tie-in. And I just finished his second story, which is called Hard Country, and it was absolutely fantastic. If you uh, if you're a fan of westerns, if you're a fan of the Lone Ranger, if you are a fan of good comic books, it was uh, it was really really enjoyable. So he did Lone Ranger and Zorro? Um yeah, because Zorro Zorro kind of predates the Lone Ranger. Oh. So uh by a little bit, um you know, enough years that they would not have been um 
the same age, and so he actually ties the two characters together. That uh, that's pretty cool. There, that, yeah, that there was an overlapping of the two characters. But when uh, uh, when the Lone Ranger was was a kid, uh, Zorro kind of crossed his family's paths and uh, and impacted them and uh, in, in a positive way. And this is about the death of Zorro, which is the name of the story, and uh, the Lone Ranger um, finds out about this and uh, goes to avenge the death of this man that that helped his family at a time that they really needed it. It's 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 a really really good Lone Ranger and Zorro story. It goes into kind of the mythos of uh, of Zorro and kind of the legacy of that character going all the way back to Spain, and uh, it was it was fantastic. Really enjoyed Gabe, it. Gabe Blade. Oh, I love that movie. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, in your travel, speaking of comicsology, this is written by Mr. David Gallagher, who unfortunately I did not get to talk to at New York Comic Con. Art is by Mr. Steve Ellis. Uh, this is the only living boy. First issue is available on comicsology. It is a whopping 99 cents for 53 pages. And the, um, the story is about Mr. Young, Mr. Eric Farrell, uh, about 12 years old, who um, runs away from home. We're not sure why yet, and uh, falls asleep in Central Park, wakes up in a world not one that uh, he's used to. There are uh, strange-looking, well, we we'd consider them aliens, but... The reason the book is called The Only Living Boy is because he appears to be the last human on this, in air quotes, planet. And uh, not quite sure where we're going story-wise. He had his little bit of um, John Carter here. There's some, uh, there's, I don't want to say the command yet, but it's a, um, he gets gets captured, might have to uh, be forced to fight in the, gladiator style type tournament uh, becomes friendly with some of the other species and it's a pretty neat cliffhanger at the end of the first issue and I do believe the second issue will be available early 2013 I'm thinking January, February like that but this uh, this, I bl- this was a kickstarter and uh, obviously David and Steve did well enough so that they could uh, publish it I believe they were selling issues at New York Comic Con, but I picked up the first issue, and uh, I am I am glad I did. It looks great; it's gorgeous. Ellis's artwork is is stunning, and uh, and 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 I like the story that they're telling with it. You like gladiator movies, <laughs> dude? Nice. He did. Uh, In your travels. Roll back the Wayback Machine and uh, check out the Serpent Crown and Serpent Crown Affair. Wow. Yes. Yes. I was going to talk about it tonight, but we didn't get to it. And I don't know that we'll get to it next week. So I just, uh, in as I mentioned last week, I was inspired by Chris's uh, taking a journey back to uh, read some old school Doom Patrol. So I had uh, nice. took advantage of a sale at uh, Mile High on some Marvel hardcovers and bought a bunch of old Marvel premieres of stuff that I do own the comics, but it's always nice to have the hardcovers to bring to work and stuff. So 
this week I read The Serpent Crown, which was uh, the uh, Avengers issues that pertain to it, which were uh, Avengers 144 through 144 and 147 through 149, uh, written by Mr. Steve Englehart with interiors by Mr. George Perez. Um, although I must say, with the caveat being um, inked for the most part by Mr. Vinnie Coletta. Yeah. So this isn't the Perez <laughs> that uh, most will remember. Um, but it is when uh, Beast first joins the team. It's when Hellcat first joins the team. You've got the Squadron Supreme showing up. You've got Kang and Immortus. It's uh, it's uh, fun stuff. It's, it's definitely some of the... This was some of the comics that uh, made me a big Avengers fan. I mean, this this came out in 75, but these were some of the old back issues that I went and got in the first years of my reading. And uh, it was kind of as far back as I went back then. Um, and then the other premier card cover is the uh, Serpent Crown Affair, which was uh, The Thing... And that was Marvel 2 and 1, 64 through 67, and Marvel Team Up Annual number 5. Uh, and that is um, by a bunch of different creators. Uh, so it's, it's, not, um, it's, uh, it's not just one person, but it's, it's primarily written by Mark Grunwald and Ralph Macchio, who most people know more as a longtime Marvel editor. Um, and then uh, Perez does some of the pencils. Also, Jerry Bingham, Ron Wilson, mm. and Grunwald with uh, finishes by Jim Mooney and Gene Day. So um, it's uh, this is some of my, again, some of my favorite stuff. I, I think Marvel 2-in-1 is one of those um, one of those series from, from that era that doesn't get talked about a lot anymore, and it's a shame because that was a badass team-up. And as some people that know me well enough know, I'm a humongous fan of the Serpent Society and the Serpent Squad, and they are prominently featured in those thing issues. Um, as is Stingray, so um, I, I I love that story. Um, I, I think that the thing stuff actually holds up better. The two and one stuff actually holds up better um, than the um, than the Avengers issues, and just in terms of of modern storytelling, you've got uh, quasars in it. You've got uh, Bl- uh, Black Goliath, the, uh, the the heretofore uh, sacrificial lamb of Civil War. Um, so it's it's fun fun stuff. I really really enjoy that. Uh, Taking taking a visit back to to that era of comics, thirty freaking years ago, dude. Talking about feeling old, but yeah, tell me about that. All right, wow, marathon it's episode. Good it's good. Let's right, check the baby, Twitter. Baby. See what else we got. <laughs> yeah, and if anybody no? has any good Tumblr blogs, they want me to follow. Let me know on the forums. I uh, I finally integrated Tumblr into my Flipboard, so I want some stuff to follow. Nice. Look at you. <laughs> there's, some, up. there's some oh, Tumblrs that are cry. awesome. I mean, they really are. That that kind of awesome. <laughs> I know, but it's. Oh. I'm thinking about having them on my titties and kids. Awkward. Nah. Depends on hey, where you view did, them, right? Did, did, did we decide that the Judas coin was cool? <laughs> we decided <laughs> that it was really pretty. Okay. All right. I don't have to go back and listen now. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us on this marathon episode. We're going to do it again next week. And uh, uh, same time, same channel. We'll be here waiting for you. Thank you for being here. We love you, right? Big hugs. More or less. Huge hugs. It's almost ah, more right. yeah, It's true. Where are you talking to? I'm talking to the, the listeners we love so much. Oh. Oh. The ones that all give, you know, that. that, that the ones that make this possible through their, through their generous donations. Sorry, it's been pledged with NPR. I was going to say donations. Thanks, Max. Max set me up. Thank you.
Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals.